Welcome to Co-Pilots. We're back from Gen Con. Yeah, this is an in the cockpit, obviously. I mean, you probably clicked the episode. If not, uh, have we found a way to broadcast this without making people click? Right into people's minds. I'm Josh. Oh, fuck yeah. He's Justice, and we have a special guest from our Gen Con trip. Chris. Who? He's been on before. Oh. He's done things with us. Oh. Actually, if you're listening to this, you probably listened to at least one other episode with Chris, just statistically speaking. <laughs> yeah. Because he was on our most popular episode ever. <laughs> not our most oh popular. Oh my god. Like, our second or third most popular. So, I've already apologized. Okay, so I've already apologized. <laughs> I've already apologized to both Josh and Justice, but now I think I need... I have, you, have you apologized to the audience before, too? I, yeah, multiple times. We all did. Okay, listen, I haven't because I haven't been on since me and my brother, yeah. Hunter, who just talked about the Ron McDonald show with you guys, wrested control of an airplane on the tarmac oh, yeah, for the April, oh, yeah. Yeah, for April 1st. For April, Fool, April Fool's episode, where I spoke the entire lyrics to the Weird song, Albuquerque, be sure See, to check that out. It's been two years since we've had you in, in the cockpit. Jesus yeah. Christ. Fuck. I owe the audience an apology because on the fucking Kiss Exes episode. Kiss, just Kiss Sis. Oh, sorry. Kiss Sis episode. Uh, I, it's like what, episode four or five. I don't no, we only uh, watched two. I was, yeah. I'll beat you. I will beat you up. <laughs> we were, uh, I was in rare form. It was a bad episode to promote, but yet, but yet. So I apologize, audience. I, try, I will try to be in better taste this time. <laughs> Not gonna happen. I know you. Well, if we want to start with better taste, we can just start with some fun facts. I got a Snapple here because I'm addicted to them. Yeah, and we got yeah, a fun did. fact from Snapple that none of you know. Sure. There's only one bird that can swim but not fly. It's the penguin. Now that doesn't make sense. I'm pretty sure penguins can fly. You said <laughs> I didn't know it, so I already knew penguins could swim, which means I had to be wrong. So penguins can fly. Penguins can't can't fly. They're the only bird that can't fly but can swim. That Implying right. that there are many other birds that can swim but not fly. Maybe no, th- th- that's sad. That it's the only bird that can swim and not fly, implying there are plenty of birds that can fly and swim, which is true. And it also okay. implies that there are and very many birds that can fly but not swim. Which is true. <laughs> and plenty of birds that can not swim and not fly, which is also true. And assumingly there are some birds that can... No, that's it. We've covered all the bases. Yeah. You can do both, you can do neither, you can do one of them, and you, or you can do... Nope. All three of them? All three of them. <laughs> I'm so... Glum. Wait. I'm not. We're done. Okay. <laughs> that was a weak as fuck Snapple fact. I yeah, can't it lie. It was such a weak Snapple fact. <laughs> That's why I kept it for the podcast. It was so weak. <laughs> you opened your Snapple, read it. We were like, oh, it was your fact. And he was like, I'm waiting for us to be live. So I was kind of like, oh, shit. It's going to be a good fact. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I'm, I, actually, it's been a hot minute since I've heard a Snapple fact. I was kind of excited and... <laughs> That was what I got. You're welcome. You're welcome. I try. I really do. But yeah, we just got back from Gen Con, which we mentioned we were going to. Literally the last episode we uploaded. So if you've already forgotten, I mean, I don't blame you. Remembering things is hard, but also it's your fault. And think, you should feel bad about it. I think you're implying they're forgotten when they've never listened to an episode before. Oh, fuck. If this is your first episode uh, from the co-pilot's feed, because you can't really call it your first co-pilot's episode because it's, it's into the cockpit. You've chosen wrong. You've missed the parents of what the show is, and you should probably listen to the main okay, thing okay. and not the bonus content. Actually, guys, And you're guys, weird. Unironic, huge mm-hmm. fan of the show. What do you think your onboarding, no pun intended, episode is? Like, at this point, this podcast has been around for this long, like, like I personally am not big on just telling people to start... I episode yeah, one yeah. of podcasts fair um, enough it's like what is what is your guys as hosts of co-pilots your uh your go-to like hey so listen to this one god i have to think of mine i'm so bad at asking questions i don't have an answer for uh i mean i don't typically tell people what episode to listen to i kind of just mention the show and be like there's probably a show on there that you're aware of oh, or cool. familiar I'm with i'm not asking you to <laughs> i realize 
<laughs> and that's what makes it difficult. Yeah, see, it's hard. So, we, oh, oh, I can cheat and pull up a feed. God, I love technology. So you guys Part are, of me wants to say a non-television-based episode, but I also feel like that's harder to actually onboard people. I've with. told several people to watch Star, to listen to Star Wars. I've also told several people to watch Star Wars. Yeah. I'm not weirdo like you guys. I think it's probably fine to be like, you just started episode once, so you get the complete continuity. Yeah, no, I, I'm fine with that. That's what I always do with podcasts. <laughs> yeah, me too. I like, I don't know what Chris is up with. Like, that's not true. Okay, so my my podcasting goes like this. I find an episode that has a title that I'm like, yeah, I know a little about that, or I've heard of that, but I want to know more. And then I listen to that, and then I'll listen to maybe like another episode on like a topic that I'm also interested in. And once I've listened to two or three, and I've been like, this isn't the worst waste of time I could have. Oh, back to the beginning. Yeah. Unless it's a podcast that has plot, like Co-Pilots. And then Each I mean, start one. Is a, is, a, is a sequential part of a longer story that you're being indoctrinated into. Yeah. If you haven't caught the story beats yet... You need to go back and re-listen, and they're pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like... Are, are you just not opening like the 72 page document we're sending you every month that like it's explaining all the things it also explains like in world things that are happening look if you're one of those people that play resident evil and don't read your pickups it's not our fault you don't get the plot it's like playing dark souls and saying there's no story you just weren't trying yeah <laughs> or dark souls isn't a fun game <laughs> Weird. It's, it says a lot of things. So I actually like whipped up my phone and looked at the episode list, and it made it no easier. No. Um, I, right, right now, the onboarding for me is like point them at Blue's Clues and go, this is really fun, and you already know everything you need to know going in. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm not going to lie. I also gravitated towards Blue's Clues, but I haven't finished the episode mm, because I was listening, getting ready for Gen Con. I do like Marionetta, one of our yeah, non-TV I, I like, medium. Marionetta's probably my favorite non-TV medium episode we've done. Oh, what's the podcast that you wrapped up a season of it recently? Because, Impact Winter. Um, the Impact Winter episodes, I actually really enjoyed. So I just, season went up earlier in July, I believe. And like Josh said, it's a non-show medium. And I also checked out the show. Admittedly, it didn't vibe with me as hard, but I realized... I don't I just don't super vibe with actual plays understandable or like I always, audio I, dramas I've always called them radio shows because I'm stupid like, I mean you know those radio show podcasts I mean like, that it's not wrong so <laughs> They just chose the more dramatic name so they so, can sound more pretentious yeah, like and indie. HBO Batman um, audio drama is called the Batman Radio Show, mm-hmm. um, and it's a complete story that's only available on HBO Max, or I guess Max now, even though it's an audio and it has no visual. It's a podcast on their yeah. on their streaming service. I, I think I found it on Spotify as well. Oh, that's yeah. cool. So, if... If I have to suggest an episode to start on, I think Dash and Lily is... I was thinking about Dash and Lily, actually. Like, it's only the four, it's only a 45-minute episode, mm-hmm. but, like, it's a nice little niche show that nobody's gonna know if, if they aren't, like, a fan of coming-of-age books or, like, David... Christmas movies. David Leviathan. And, like, it's a very... It's Christmas, and it's David mm-hmm. Leviathan. It's a very niche spot, but, like... Also, Leviathan. His name is Leviathan. I know it looks like Leviathan, but it's Leviathan. I misspell it on purpose now. Um, Will Leviathan. <laughs> I know I'm terrible at spell, spelling, but, like, at this point, I just spelled David name wrong because leviathan is a much cooler name and that's what it should be <laughs> i get you but also like david leviathan does not match the same vibes as david leviathan's writing oh yeah no david leviathan is out here writing like epic fantasies yeah set on a future earth but he, like it hasn't been confirmed that it's a future yet it's just been vaguely hinted at for the last nine novels yeah and also uh leviathan is definitely not his god-given name it's just his pen name his actual name's like dave lucas or something like one of those like two first name motherfuckers yeah except it is his legal name now because he changed it <laughs> yes yes he yes, cha- yes he changed it after his second book popped off no he changed it before his book popped off oh, he was I, that he confident changed in it. the day of his 18th birthday he, he changed it and he's like he i can write the books, books now. he was 14 mm-hmm. <laughs> 
He's like, I can get these published now. The only reason why no publisher would pick them up was my name was David Lucas. Yeah, so Dash and Lily would have to be a good onboarding episode. I honestly think Blue's Clues might be the answer, especially because it's recent, so like, yeah. it's new in the feed, it's easy to find, and it was a fun little one. Yeah, it's not very long either, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of weird, confusing shit going on like some shows have. Yeah. You see, if, if I keep bringing up co-pilots things, it's not navel-gazing, because I'm not doing it because I'm not one of the hosts. Um, that's one of the things I actually really appreciate about the show, is because like, some episodes are legitimate media critiques, Yeah, and some episodes are bits. <laughs> And it's just the best because you do not know. They, they don't it go depends on what the show has going for it, it man. It depends on the vibes when the Johnson brothers sit down. Oh, like here's the thing: some shows just don't have anything to grab a hold of. Yeah, so you have to like make bits to make it oh, like a it. show for four year olds. Yeah, <laughs> but uh. On the opposite end of your question, actually, I do have episodes I know I wouldn't recommend for people to start with. Uh, Kiss This? Kiss This is one of them. My uh, favorite episode of our podcast that we've ever done is an episode I would never suggest somebody start I with. I would never suggest someone starts with Lab Rats. <laughs> I was talking about Pilot's Lounge, but you do you. Yeah. Um, I was talking mainline episodes. Oh, fair in, enough. And that idea, but yeah, I would never suggest someone start with Lab Rats. That's a confusing mess. <laughs> and we both were skeptical if we should post it when we did made it. And we were like, this is a mess. Do we keep it? <laughs> And the, and answer, the answer was is, yes. It's April Fools. It's meant. It was meant to be a mess. It wasn't meant to be this chaotic. But let's go with it. <laughs> I I do think people should start with Shadowed Faith, though. Shadowed Faith is great. I love the idea that somebody listens to that as their first episode. And they're like, oh, the entire gimmick is they review shows that don't exist. I'd prefer if they don't have that realization and think it's a gimmick, and they try to find the show. That person is the version of me and System Mastery when I walked up to John and said, I, my first episode was fatal. And yeah. he just went, <laughs> like... Yeah, and if we're ever successful, in like five to ten years, we'll get somebody that comes up and they're like, hey, yeah, I started with that episode on Shadowed Faith, and I spent the next three months thinking all the shows you were reviewing were fake. <laughs> What's the episode after Shadowed Faith? Oh, I want someone I, I lied I lied I know what I want someone to start with just because it's it's so much akin to Shadow of Faith in the realm of like oh that's not real I want someone to start with Nightman <laughs> so Daisy Jones in the sixth oh, yeah. is the next one which is a smaller show yeah so like there is a non-zero chance that maybe the second episode comes out and they're busy. Oh, yeah, cool. Another fake show. I'll get to that. What's then? Marionetta, which isn't even a show. Joe, it's a fucking web. Oh, it's my God. Web. This hypothetical person was probably f- until they got to Butkin. Got to Pete Davidson. He was like, wait a minute. Those guys. Unless they also don't keep up with, like, the social zeitgeist. And there's like, oh, they're just making fun of Pete Davidson. Okay. Everyone makes fun of Pete Davidson at the moment. So, I have no idea that he has a show. Yeah, I think if he keeps up enough with Pop to know who Pete Davidson is, he probably would know what Bubkis is. More importantly... I mean, maybe, but I know who Pete Davidson is, and I'm un- and I'm aware people make fun of him. I had no idea Bubkis was a thing until Josh said we were recording it. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, if we're talking about this person, I don't think he would get to the Bubkis episode and be like, oh yeah, people make fun of Pete Davidson. Yeah. They're making fun of Pete Davidson. He's like, listen to that episode. We're actually really praiseworthy of Pete Davidson. True, true. The show is very good. He's a very strong comedic actor. It's just all of the like other stuff. You're right. People... So they get to be like, oh, these are Pete Davidson stands. Okay. Oh yeah, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, no. He cannot be ingrained enough into pop culture to know what the word stand means to call somebody a Pete Davidson stand. To not know what boob kiss is. Wait, justice is that person again. <laughs> yeah, like I knew the word stand be like I knew what stand meant 
when he got started and I was confused. I was like, isn't isn't Stan just like short for stalker fan? That's an Eminem that's an thing. Yeah. It's, Why is it Stan? It's literally an it's from an Eminem song. Yeah. That's a, that's where Stan is a stalker is a stalker fan who is creepy and they don't want to deal with. And I think there's even a line about like physically dealing with Stan in the song. No, Stan kills himself because Eminem never replies to his letters. Oh, that's that's where I got that. Yeah. Today I learned. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I'll show you the song later, Chris, because the song is really real written. It's an Eminem rap song. He does wonderful things. His lyricism is quite good. But uh, it shows, like, the character of Stan is a very well-portrayed example of, like, the type of fan who breaks the social wall to such an extent that it becomes a problem for the artist or creator. Yeah. Um, you know, like, we want to do with System Mastery. <laughs> We're just like... <laughs> We're just fucking putting out blast this yeah. fucking episode. Yeah, you guys are. I had to make a good allegory, though, because I, I, wanted, to, I wanted to find the ultimate person that had the craziest path to being a co-pilot's fan. Mm-hmm. What What is the uh, furthest country away you guys have gotten? Down? I promise I did not intend to make the first chunk of this episode fucking uh, navel-gazing. I don't know. I'm just pulling up the dashboard. I'll force you to look at it for the first time in months. I'll force you. <laughs> Just as quick, fill the... De- oh, God, they're both looking it up. <laughs> I, ha- I have to fill the dead air audience. Oh, God, I'm all by myself. Well, I'm not all by myself. I'm with you, what, what John, is- as you drive to work. What is dead air? <laughs> There's um, no such thing as dead air. You should have ca- used Hunter. You know that's the name of a listener. He's called editing. But, like... Uh, that been too easy. The low-hanging fruit. You're right. You're right. Hey, 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 Hunter. How's it going, man? Hope you're having a good one. Ju- Justice is no longer looking at his phone. He's just like staring at me as I keep beating this fucking dead horse. He's actively thinking, "Why are you making editing harder?" Because it's fun. Fuck you. <laughs> hey, listen. You, you don't have to go back to work for several days. You got to experience Gen Con, which I promise we'll get to. Uh, you got to experience Gen Con. You get like several days of R and R. So we got some stuff in South America. That's dope. Thailand. That's and sick. I was thinking Thailand was probably near it. Uh, is that? Because I was thinking it was somewhere around the Asian Pacific Islands. Why do you? Why did you zoom in so much? They're trying, trying to see the borders there, but then I'm also like, I don't know European geography that well. Uh, you should be able to like touch the name of the, like touch the country. Oh, there we go. The island and tell you the name. Uh, Istanbul. That's probably the weirdest one. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta learn English some way. Gotta practice it. <laughs> Listen, if you are listening to this episode in Istanbul right now, I hope you are having a fantastic day and or night. Not an evening, though. Mornings are fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's actually get to Gen Con. I, re- I refuse. I'm not going back. We just got back there. I'm not getting... I'm not we going back. We got back very late. We did not go quietly into that good night. Sometimes things end and then you spend seven hours pretending they didn't end. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, obviously, we have to present it in chronological order, and I'm so excited for the audience to understand how our, how our trip began and ended. No, you got to the indie before the first Gen Con event, what I consider the yeah, first yeah. event of Gen Con for me. Because I came in a day, a day after you guys. Yes. So... Not even a full day. You were just... Oh, you're right. It was like six hours. Yeah. Yeah. We got, like we literally got to the hotel room, went and got badges. Six hours a day are close. And then came back and did nothing until yeah. you showed up. Oh, we played board games for a little while. Mm-hmm. We didn't do too much. And then after that, we grabbed you. We went to Will Call. Got your ticket. And then we just went back and slept. Heck yeah. So... End of Wednesday before Gen Con. I do have day a, zero. Done. I have a Gen Con. I think Gen Con started at a specific moment on day, yeah, day yeah. zero. It does start with... We got kicked out of the convention center because they were closing. 
I didn't know the convention center closed at 2 a.m. To do setup for the oh, next day. That makes sense. Okay. And this is where the Gen Con, Gen Con apparently started officially. Chris? Uh, so, yeah, I I got off work at night. Will call to pick up badges. Does not start until... Or doesn't end until 2 a.m., right? So I yeah. had to go off work super late, drive like the three hours from where I'm from to Gen Con, and then get in line to pick up my badge, right? Uh, badge line was fine. Get my badge. Get my tickets for all my events. Badge line wasn't even fine. Just fine. Badge line flew like... Fucking breeze. 1 a.m. There was no line for badge. We got in line at like... Five-ish, I think? 4.30? Yeah, and it took us like 45 minutes. That ballpark? It was a 45-minute wait, but you were in and out in like two. Yeah, Yeah. it took me longer to find Will Call because I have a Zorro-esque sense of direction, I've learned. Uh, And (laughs) then it was actually like walk through like the weird gate and talk to the nice man to get my badge. Mm -hmm. Also, I just want to say for the record, ACAB does not include Gen Con event staff. That would be accurate. Their shirts were blue this year, so they are the unironic thin blue line between a con good time and a con bad time time and yeah. in some cases yeah. they failed yeah, but, but, yeah uh quick question i have a really bad sense of time mm-hmm. right has co-pilots existed since the attendance of a gen con no like this is the first this is the first co-pilots with a because the first co-pilots was the first john con right yeah right. around that time yeah. yep. yep so i think we started just give, before it. we might need to give the audience some background on what the fuck gen con even is or you, you already did a pretty good job gen con is a war gaming convention <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you to death. Gen Con is an opportunity for businesses like Disney to sell you things that you don't need for lots of money. Gen Con is an excuse for Disney to cannibalize their own market with a a game that has three separate rule systems. (laughs) Yep. Gen Con really wishes it was Comic Con. (laughs) All of these are accurate statements. Um, Gen Con's a really good time. Yeah. Uh, no, it brands up as the best four days in gaming. Uh, so Gen Con was started in Lake. It was it is Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, correct? Yes. Sir. yes. Uh, by because it was the Geneva Convention. Yep. Oh, lol, 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 lol. Um, by some random dude named Gary and like nineteen of his friends, right, something like that. Uh, the first one was like him and like nine friends. It was ten people in in his mom's basement. Um, also, it was literally if we had started John Con and just decided now we're gonna turn this into an actual convention. You no, know, like, that Gary was Gary Guy. Gax, the, uh, the, the one of the creators of D&D. Um, and from there, it, it attracted a lot of war gamers and that kind of thing. But it has since grown and grown and grown and moved to Indianapolis, Indiana. There's a bunch of super long history. It's over 50 years old. And shifted from being primarily war gaming, to, which, is, which was like the only like real gaming that wasn't Monopoly or like... Yeah, to just all tabletop gaming in general. Yeah, with a focus on tabletop board games and role-playing games. Yes. Because and, he's the Gary Gygax guy, the guy who like was a big war game fan, also made a little game called Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and yeah, now it's being pushed more towards like also including computer things. Now it is if the mo- the modem in which you play takes place on a tabletop, which includes a mouse and keyboard sitting on a tabletop. Yep. Now you can find it at Gen Con or yeah. adjacent related things to those mediums. There's also just like generic. It is morphing slowly into like Comic Con s stuff. It's like generic pop culture thing. It's like fine. Yeah. It's huge. It's massive. Uh. But uh, we're all here. The thing that links is we're all big like tabletop gaming, like TTRPG and board game fans. Yeah. And it's like all big corporations go there to like announce game lineups. It, it, it is huge. It's the biggest tabletop gaming convention in the world. Wizards of the Coast made announcements for upcoming magic sets from Gen Con this year. Disney launched their- Lorcana. Lorcana, their card game. Their Magic the Gathering clone. Yes. Yep. Um, they, yeah, Gen Con's just like, it, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Check it out. Do some light googling. It's always the first week of August. It's always, uh, uh, they renewed their contract. We're going to date the episode. Yep. Uh, they renewed their contract today. They, they renewed their contract going forward for the next six years. There'll be there'll be an indie. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it's a, a really good time if you're into any kind of tabletop gaming. Pick up. I always recommend getting the four day because everyone the f- their first year makes the mistake of getting a one day pass. They come, they're like, "Oh, there is no way in hell I can do this in one day," and they always get the four day the second year. Well, and the thing is, they are always like, "Oh, there's no way I can do this in one day," and they're just talking about the vendor hall. Yes, yeah. yes, vendor hall is a day in of itself. They're not talking about doing any events or anything like that. And the events are, in my opinion, how you make. A Gen Con, your Gen Con. So, yeah, that's a really good point because if you just do what a friend of ours did this year, I don't think you're just paying to go shopping. Yes. Like, if you just buy a ticket to browse vendor hall, you're just paying to go shopping. Uh, I had some friends that could only come Sunday. Right? Yes. First off, this Gen Con, I believe it's going to uh, break attendance records. Disney's car game was a huge, a huge part of that. But, like, see, we got really lucky because we were in an event for, like, four hours on Saturday morning. And people were posting uh, pictures of, of the, like, the waiting to get into the vendor hall. And it was yeah. Yeah. But I had some friends that like did not even want to pick up that like I have a friend that's big into Magic the Gathering, so he wanted to pick up just like some, some singles and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh, I've never been to he's he never been to any con. He's wanted to browse like Star City games, that kind of thing. Yeah. And another uh, married couple friend who uh friends uh who they were there just like they had been for a long time, is wanted to like pick up some little souvenirs for their family, that kind of thing. Uh and they were overwhelmed by the sheer number of people on one day. Yep. And they were like, I think we maybe got to see six booths what the hell yeah mm-hmm. although that on sundays tickets are only 17 dollars, so it really encourages like one-time shoppers and such yeah and, like shop like paying 17 dollars to go shop at gen con feels fine mm-hmm. paying for a full gen con ticket to go shopping does not feel fine no Although there are demo booths and games being tested and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, there's like, a few things you can do. 100%. But, yeah, there's a lot to do at Gen Con. The events make it your own. If you're not doing mm-hmm. events, you're having similar experiences to most everybody else. Yeah. And events can span from playing a board game, playing a tabletop game. There's um, shows. There's seminars shows, to teach you how seminars. to do stuff. <laughs> You'll get some examples when you do the chronological breakdown. Yes. To which I think we can start with Chris's starting event for what he deems to be the start of Gen Con. (laughs) While we're talking about Gen Con as a whole, though, there is also a film fest. There's a couple art contests. Uh, there is speed painting contests with like anime dubbings. Yeah. Oh, a sense of scale. Dubbing. It's the entirety of the Indianapolis Convention Center, the entirety of Lucas Oil Stadium, all of the underground connecting rooms and hallways and shit, and all of the hall, all the hotels that directly connect to the ICC and all the meeting rooms. It, it is just like it's, yeah. ma- it's sprawling. It's massive. And it's a block huge. party outside for food trucks. And a block party outside for food trucks. There's all kinds of like local places hold events. Like like there's raves. And- and concerts and it's just like escape rooms are generally cheaper have gin con specific indianapolis setups. is a convention city and so it's like that city for four days is just like hey are you are you interested in anything really tabletop adjacent you can find it yep just to give a size of reference for the vendor hall itself uh, the vendor hall is roughly the size of eight football fields if you put, yeah. if you set them four four lengths long and two lengths wide. Mm-hmm. Huge, really, really big. Yeah, big, big. Uh, but the event that starts in kind of, I we get my badge. And, uh, I swear to God in the universe that me and Josh are originally from. The area surrounding Gen Con was 24 hours starting on Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but po- I, I think that's pre-COVID. But yeah, so we're, we're a post-Panera Bread world. Uh, and we are kicked out at 2 a.m. Right, it's fine. So, hey, we're going to catch Uber back to the hotel. We are outside in Indianapolis. Waiting for, on our Uber we just ordered. For roughly two minutes. 
<laughs> and this individual stumbles up who visibly has a clear 64-ounce Big Gulp. Huge beverage. Full of straight whiskey. You can just smell it. I'm talking like this man sound, smells like you're at a bourbon tasting in Kentucky. Like, I think it might have been malt liquor, not necessarily. Fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough, yeah. Just but, like some sort of like, the way like if you ask for a Coke, like for me, I'm asking for a cola. It was like some sort of amber liquor. Yeah. Right. He, he, he like. Mm, I can't rule out brandy. It did not smell like any type of brandy. Even cheese brandy. Mm, amber liquor. Amber liquor time. Uh, but he comes up immediately and is just like, mm, time to accost. And it's really hard to understand him. And he's trying to ask us questions and for money. And at one point he finally goes, I'm sorry. Um, it's really hard to understand it because I was just. Yep. I was just hit in the head with a crowbar three times and my tongue starting to swell up. No, he said his tongue was numb. Oh, tongue was numb. And we were like, oh my God, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just need, to, need you to know I'm not drunk. It's I talk like this because of the crowbar. Yep. He sounds like a fucking, I think you should leave sketch. People think I talk like this because I'm drunk. But, but I'm not. But I'm not. It's the crowbar. Sucks from big gulp of amber liquor. And we're just like, okay, dude, we can't leave. We're at the, we're at the Uber pickup. And we're like, we're gonna walk down this, like, just kind of walk in a kind of direction ish a little bit, just kind of get moving. And he's like, do you guys like poetry? And we're like, sure. And he tells us some, he, he spits some mad, some mad lyrics, right? Yeah. I tell him a really dumb joke that my dad taught me that I'm not going to repeat here. Um, and not for any reason, I just don't feel like telling it. Uh, it's not, it's yeah, like, it's not you're fine. I just don't feel like tell, telling it. Uh, and he is like, that's cool. Spits more lyrics. And then he, he requests from me three items. Or from us. Yeah. Three items. Hey guys, I really, re- really, really need a pair of socks, a hot, hot dog, dog, and a Mountain Dew. Yep. And we're like, we do not have any of the three sacred artifacts you require. <laughs> you, think, yep. you think we'd given him a pair of socks, a Mountain Dew, and a hot dog? Like, he would have turned into, like, an, an ancient mit- wizard or something and, like, gifted us artifacts or granted a wish? Also, was I, he a test? I know podcasts are an audio <laughs> medium. But if you looked at our group, I'm not going to lie, asking for a hot dog or a Mountain Dew is probably a semi-safe bet. Like, if there was like yeah, a yeah. person that put a bomb vest on you that was like, you have to find a pair of socks, a Mountain Dew, and a hot dog, or the vest will blow up. And was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And you saw, like, a bunch of grain-fed Midwest boys outside of a fucking nerd convention, I'd be like, huh, there's my hot dog. Like, you know what I mean? But he, anywho, and he goes, ah, damn, you don't have those? Well, could I get a ride? And yeah. my brother goes, well, um, we're, we're walking, man. You think if we had a place to drive, we'd probably be driving right now. And he goes, ah, damn, you're right. Breaks off into a run down the street. And immediately starts accosting two people walking towards <laughs> there us. There are two people have a block up, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go away for the microphone to give the audience a full effect. Do you like poetry? <laughs> Just, like, asks them about poetry. <laughs> and, like, then they say no, and he runs further up the block. And then five minutes as the Uber is about to pull up, he runs back down their block in the opposite direction. Yeah. You, you know, I think if he had just, he said he needed to go to like Walgreens or something. Yeah. I think if he just no, like. No, that's not what he said. Oh, where did he say he needed to go? He needed a ride to some place. He didn't say where, but he needed a ride because he just got kicked out of his apartment. Oh my And bad. he needed help moving things to wherever his new location was. It's like his brain 
through every single excuse you could ever possibly have to accost someone into a blender, and in the process of his brain heating it over a stove and trying to reduce it into a thick sauce, it was always going out at the same time. I'm moving and was just hit by a crowbar. Do you have a hot dog? I think you're really like underselling the fact that he, this man had a traumatic brain injury from being yeah. in the head with a crowbar. Fuck up, times. man. <laughs> Hey, listen, fair enough, fair enough. We offered help, and he was like, nah, I just... Yeah, the first thing we asked was like, are you okay? Like, oh my god, you okay? And he looked at us kind of incredulously and was like, yeah, I'm fine. And yeah, he was like, like, why wouldn't I be okay? Why, why would I not be okay? I only got hit in the head three times, not four. He, he gestures, it obviously didn't take. Like, <laughs> just like, I don't know, man. Who? Um, so that was the start of Gen Con for us. And if I'm correct in the timeline of the overall Gen Con, roughly around that time or shortly after we just left, Gen Con got robbed. Yeah, actually, he's right. It was that exact time frame. Oh my God. What if he was a distraction? What if we were Gen Con's <laughs> last guardians because we were kicked out? And they're like, yeah, get out, guys. And we're like, okay, fine. Tony, run interference. We need you to do the drunk homeless guy routine. <laughs> and Tony's like, what drunk homeless guy routine? I just got hit in the head three times with a crowbar. And they're just like, ah, uh, he's fuck. Tony's fucking excellent. He's always in character. <laughs> Tony's the best in the fucking business. You need baby. a face, you go get Tony. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, at least two people work together to steal a pallet of collectible cards. Worth a rough estimate of $300,000 Wednesday so night. I, I know we're trying to give our Gen Con a sequential order. Yeah. But I was talking to Chris this morning, and I was talking about, like, they, they were handing out these secret layers that they've been doing at cons that are one of ones. Yes. Magic the Gathering stuff. Uh, not one of ones, they're numbered to 295. It's, yeah, they're they're serialized, and yeah. th- this is the only time this art's being printed, so... Um, and, like, that, those were being given out, but we knew that was happening. Um, another thing I saw on Reddit, though, was people were being given, like, sealed booster boxes from older sets. Inner Strahd, Time Spiral. Crazy. Uh-huh. And they were also being given individual cards. The guy that yeah. got the, the Inner Strahd box also was given, like... Revised? Uh, like a revised mana mana vault. Oh damn! You just immediately go and sell that at one of the booths. Yeah, but like this person you also sell your sealed box of Innistrad for like eight hundred bucks. Yeah, but like this person was posting on Reddit. He's like, I don't play Magic. I don't know what this stuff is. Some guy just came up and set it down behind me and was like, Hey, this is yours. And it's happened to multiple people over the yeah. weekend. And I was like thinking about it. What if those were the stolen cards? Because these cards, like, they weren't stolen from, like, they were just stolen from the loading bay of yes. the, some dudes rolled up with a forklift and reflective vests and lanyards with no badge from, like, an extra lanyard, like, bucket, and just grabbed from the landing zone where various booths, which I do include large corporations, but other shops, mm-hmm. uh, and just, like, stole three pallets. So, they, I think they got, like, some Lorcana, the new Disney card game cards, they got some Magic yeah, and some Pokemon. They got Lorcana, yeah. which is the Disney card game, Pokemon, and Magic, and, and we know that at least part of the stolen lot belonged to Cool Stuff Inc. Yeah, um. From my understanding, at least initially, the only company that spoke up about it was Disney. And Disney was just like, this won't affect anything about people getting Lorcana. Yeah, because... They could not afford to take a big Lorcana hit on that. Lorcana's been a train wreck since Gen Con events were announced. Exactly. They could not take a hit on that. But like... Whoa. We'll get to that when we get to Gen Con doors. Yes. Which so, we're about to, actually, because we just wrapped up Gen Con when, Day Zero. When does the Hotel Sky take a piss the first time? We'll just talk about that when we get to the checkout. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll go. Guys, okay. You'll, you'll get that reveal at the very end. Like, so it turns out, guys, this entire time, the background information was. Yeah. 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 
Uh, so we hit the doors. Uh, we are running later than I than I think we wanted to on that first day. Yeah, but we aren't like running late. We still get there before doors, right? Yeah, and all, yeah, and also doors crowd was not bad, and also not many of us actually needed to be in the vendor hall at nine a.m. Uh, uh, I'm glad I got in when I did because we I, we were still part of the first wave of doors. Yes, and I managed to get back to Sky Team, mm-hmm. um, the, the booth selling Sky Team. I don't remember the name of that game, the company. So also, uh, I just want to quickly say I think it'd be cool as we're talking about this. It feels like a, a thing you bought and like. A pickup like mm-hmm. like Sky Team. Explain what Sky Team is. Sky Team is a two-player cooperative tabletop board game where you attempt to land planes instead of letting them fall out of the sky and die. Huh. That's a new novel concept, and I don't appreciate it. And it it's it's specifically two players. It is specifically two players. I get we were going with this, and I yeah, I, you and Chris need to play it. That's cool. I'll be, That's fine. I'll beat you up. I'll beat it's you up. It's a co-op game. Anyways, um, Sky Team. Yeah, is it's a co-op game. We obviously can't do it together. <laughs> Apparently, Sky Team was like a super hot item. I didn't realize how hot it was. Every time I walked past, you were, the, t- you were telling cool. me that it was like hot when we, as we were getting, as we were like walking from our Uber into the center. And I was like, no, I don't know. I like, I, I don't know how many people are into, interested in this. They had 250 copies a day, sold out every day. Fucking crazy. In the first like two hours. Damn. They initially said when we were lining up, oh, you, you, you can buy two copies. That, and then by the time I got to the front of the line, I was like probably the somewhere between 80 and 120th person in line. Yeah. They're like, uh, you can buy one copy. One, one copy. And if you're in line with somebody else, they can't buy a copy. Yeah. That has to be like a super fucking like, oh my God, our game's super successful. Like that has to be a great moment. Uh, the people who've made the game or are running the booth. Yeah. Yeah. I know the creator was there because. Yeah. I'm aware the creator yeah. was there. Because they're actually a small enough game mm-hmm. to do that. But yeah, that was insane. I didn't know that game was going to be that popular. That, that was insane. I wasn't expecting that game to be that popular, but uh, it was, and I'm glad I got it on day one, even though it led to me standing in line to sell magic cards for two hours and not being able to sell magic cards because had other yeah. stuff to do. Yeah, I, uh, I, my first things, I, I was lucky I, at night, I, when doors opened, mm-hmm. I didn't have to go into the actual vendor hall. I had to sprint to one of the different rooms to pick up the Avatar the Last Airbender tabletop RPG. I didn't back on Kickstarter. I just, like, couldn't. Uh, so I was excited just, like, to pick up all the stuff you needed to play. And I was pleasantly surprised when, like, both books and dice and the action deck, because it's powered by the apocalypse, is, like, it was, like, a hundred bucks. Like, that... Quick brief tangent. Going into this Gen Con, inflation, artificial price gouging by corporations. Yeah. The, 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 All the fun things. The slow death throes of capitalism, etc. I was expecting a bunch of stuff to be expensive. And there were mm-hmm. some things that made me look at the price and go, oh, fuck you. Right? Yeah. So much stuff was just fine. Mm-hmm. Like, so much stuff, like, it was it was reasonably priced. I was like, at oh, okay. cost or a tiny bit below. Yeah, yeah like, 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 not at cost, MSRP or, but, but like, below. you can just, like, find, like, like, I'm a fucking dice goblin, like, mystery dice sets for, like, eight and ten bucks, which yep. in my mind is like, well, you fucking pay for those. Like, yeah. Like, you can get shitty ones online for five, but, like, mm-hmm. I was like, hey, here's all the potential colors. And I was like, oh, damn, like, three fourths those are sick like that kind of thing uh but at doors i got avatar i'm super excited it's just a avatar powered by the apocalypse powered by the apocalypse is a good system magpie it's it's magpie Magpie. uh but my first gen con grievance uh i had saved a bunch of cash to spend at gen con yeah and apparently magpie also had a booth in the vendor hall where you could also buy they did indeed yes uh, again i didn't know this but the actual avatar room that was set with like uncle iroh's tea shop it was really cool oh that's cool i wish i'd stop yeah i didn't stop by i should have it wasn't that was like the aesthetic it had like the people had like like the generic like earth kingdom like white robe little green okay. like, you know what i mean so it's yeah. like okay earth king bossing say generic which is where the t-shirt was gotcha um but the, you could tell they were going for his they had cardboard cuts of him and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um but walk out of the thing they did a first person today had made 100 bucks perfect start getting money out oh we're card only 
The mm. number of things that were card only was annoying. If yeah. you, because every time I've ever gone to Gen Con or even just a con or even music festivals, cash is king. And like cash Always. was king in certain parts of Gen Con. Like yeah. the convention, like uh, the consignment shop and the auction. Yep, cash. You pay, you paid like a 4% increase on price if mm-hmm. you paid card. But like uh, the, a lot of the more small mom and pop stores, cash, because guess what? Square payment systems, kind of fucking expensive. And like, that, that's a Especially that, if you don't want to use Square for your business, for like cashing yes. or checking or debit. It was, and my thing is, so when I was new to Gen Con or new to anything, I'm big, I'm looking up like listicles and like yada yeah. yada yada and that kind of thing. Uh, and like, if you look up like Gen Con advice and look up any YouTube video or any list or any article or look up anything from any year from the past fucking decade, everyone's like, cash, 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 Oh, that's because card payments, the Wi-Fi at the convention center is notoriously not the best. Yes. Because so many people are trying to use it. And so card payments don't always want to process even when you know the card mm-hmm. is money, you know everything's good, you just used it somewhere else. Yep. And like that happened to me and Justice Wednesday night before convention even opened. Yep. Um, we both went to get cheesesteaks at one of the uh, food trucks and it wouldn't read the card. Yeah, I took yours like what, three times? I was like four minutes of this woman messing with the card. Okay, I, was just, I, I literally just stood there and I was like, I could pay cash. She's like, well, we'll get it. We'll get it. It'll be fine. And I was mm-hmm. like, I could just pay cash. Yeah. And then when it was my turn, they it failed like twice and I was like, I'm not fucking around with this for five minutes. I'm going to go get different food. And they looked confused. I was like, I originally had cash pulled down. They're like, we can't do cash. I was like, okay, go to my card. No. And like their chip reader apparently wasn't working on the one I was trying to use. And the touch payment wasn't working. And the swipe payment were having issues. And I know the touch payment could be kind of iffy on my card. And then the swipe was just being like, the swipe was the one that took the longest to like say it failed. Yeah. Which implies to me a general really connection issue on their part. It. it really thought about it. Yeah. Which implies to me, a connection issue on their side, which makes sense because before you and I even got up there, they seemed to be having problems with their paying system, which would make sense because the line was super short compared to everyone else's. You guys tell me if I'm off base, but I think it should be a cardinal sin for any place that's selling food to not accept cash. I would agree. Yeah. The actual like Indiana, uh, Indianapolis Convention Center uh, concession stands were also like Car only. card only. And I was like, no, my, my soft pretzel. Yeah. And like... I didn't realize it at first because I just immediately said, fuck it, because I want to get cash at a point because (laughs) despite everything else, wanting card, the first thing I went to go grab going indoors, well, I didn't go for anything. I was looking around, but the first thing I actually attempted to buy was cash only. So I was like, fuck. Well, I'm definitely not getting cash out here in the convention center mm-hmm. because it's always like 15 bucks for a transaction. It's so, it's so, so terrible. Cokes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Cokes. So I left the fucking convention center, went to a PNC bank nearby and used their ATM, which had a $4 surcharge on it. Not horrible. Hey, 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 Jess, how much will one delicious cold Coca-Cola run you from a vending machine in the ICC? More than a surcharge from PNC. <laughs> so I want to point out that I think that's fu- that, that vending machine was fucked up in general because yeah. um, when you use your debit card for that, this this one specific vending machine, all the others are labeled four dollars or five dollars for yes. Coke. Um, this one specific vending machine, though, in the convention center, um, says five dot one oh for your for the price of code yeah but it doesn't say what it is like it doesn't have like like you can put cash in it doesn't tell you like what the ca- yeah how much cash you have and so i thought it was just stuck on 5.10 like mm-hmm. so i put i swipe my card charges a dollar fifty i'm like oh it's obviously like somebody keyed the price in wrong on the screen yeah it's a dollar fifty it's just showing the digits wrong so i ended up buying five cokes from that machine over the weekend yep they were five dollars a piece I just want to. I just want to know what their uh, recompense is if you don't keep cash in your checking account. If you only charge a dollar fifty, it then changes the charge after like thirty six hours. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they get you. 
They're conspiring with the banks to try and get statistically more overdraft fees to happen. A red dot appears on my forehead. I mean, it makes sense. It's Coca-Cola and the Coke brothers are shit. Hell yeah, they are. Um, our other, uh, other Gen Con companions, uh, one of them had like wanted to sell their cards, some magic cards, as soon as the downbeat opened. And I think the other guys are just like, they're doing some mad shopping. Yeah. Uh, I, I Day one, I, I ping pong. I try to get my shopping done day one so I can do events and then wonder. True. But, and by shopping, I mean like the things I knew about going into yeah, the Gen Con. That like, hey, I know this. This is gonna be there, so I want to pick it up. This is gonna be there, so not not my wandering like ooh yeah ooh. Um, actually, I had a tiny bit more though about that ATM bit. Oh, oh yeah, no. yeah. So I went and I got that, and I didn't realize until like towards the end of the first day. I I want to go with neither of you guys noticed it. That place normally has ATMs in every hallway. There's not a single fucking ATM in the ICC. What there there is. Um, I couldn't find any. There's a post about it. And there's I went a post to the, about it. Let me see. Okay, because I went to every area marked that would have an ATM. All the vending machine areas normally have a vending machine and an ATM. None. There was no ATM in the hall that leads into um the event center the one hallway in between like the vendor hall and the exhibit and the event room there is there's normally an atm in that hall where so, all the little kind of people were be, mm-hmm. between, no between, atm there's the event there's a vending area machine vending area over by rooms 116 and 117 in the, in the icc that has a cash to card machine and a card to cash machine oh okay so there's one one I found a card to cash machine at Lucas Oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, a cash to card machine. Uh, Lucas Oil, I also didn't see an ATM either. The fuck is a cash to card machine? You put cash in and it gives you a prepaid card equal to that oh, value. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just revealed how from from how, how deep in the woods I'm from. Fuck you. I, I was like... I mean, it was, the first time, it was the first time I've seen a cash to card machine, but it's kind of obvious. I, it's the first time I've, I've seen I also one read it. in real life. Yes. I've seen them in existence before, just not in person. In Jap- Japanese-based content. Mm-hmm. I haven't yeah. seen one of them fancy machines that takes your dollar bills and turns into a piece of plastic it's fine <laughs> do you want my camo hat <laughs> <laughs> i can get help <laughs> get into character <coughs> oh no chris has covid i sure do i definitely wasn't choking on spit from doing that stupid voice <laughs> <laughs> um and what was that first thing you were trying to buy though the, um the first thing i tried to buy was the night cage Ooh, what's the night cage oh it's just a cage made from the ethereals darkness of night mm. what's the day cage? it was really really hard to transport like your hands kind of go through cage. it because you know it's made of darkness you can't really touch it yeah it was so hard to get it back to the apartment yeah it was so hard to <laughs> no so the night cage is a cooperative board game where it's a tile exploring game so you move a space to explore a tile the goal is to get a uh, number of keys equal to the number of players everyone needs one and then to get to a gate and get out but you exist in darkness um surrounded by monsters basically that can just appear and try to murder you basically mm-hmm. and it has great design aesthetic and a amazing playlist that goes along with it add tension it's a good game uh dear dear listener just for some uh a little, a little bit of inside baseball. We actually played it for the first time right before we went to record this episode, and it was quite good. And it was like legit creepy, good aesthetic. The pot, like the, the yeah. playlist of the original music, was like really creepy. Yes, and everything about the the board itself has like a creepy feel, like the matte mm-hmm. black, the like drawings on the box. It's all the shaky line art for like mm-hmm. any any and every design. Yep. Very good game. Very good game. I heavily, heavily enjoyed it. Um, Josh, what was your pickup after day one after the uh, co-pilots the game? I mean, uh... <laughs> Sky Team. We well, we had a um, we had was that on the we had an introducing your friends to tabletop yes. roleplay so, games. Yeah, we had a, we had a panel, okay. a yep. seminar. It was supposed to teach us things, but really, it was just an excuse to go listen to our two favorite podcasters 
to, um, shoot the shit on like easy entrance ramps into into role playing games. I believe you mean three favorite podcasters. Oh, uh, sorry, I wasn't I wasn't counting the tomato. <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, however, I think the coolest part of that was uh, there were actually people in that. And this is a cool about Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were people in that audience who were like were legitimately there for the panel's stated purpose of getting your friends in RPGs. Uh, and ask good poignant questions, really good questions, and were like taking notes. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm like learning shit. I came here just to like enjoy like a like a not officially branded version of my favorite podcast, but like. Holy fuck, this is like really, really good. It was very informative. I don't yeah. think there were a lot of things I learned. Most of it felt kind of obvious to me. Or stuff like we've already like got into as like role players and yeah. tabletop players. And then the things that uh, particularly James said that I, I would say were poignant, I was already aware of because um, I listened to One Shot yeah and campaign and then i listen to bonus content and he has several bonus contents where he's talking about making his world or magic systems or just talking about stuff like that and then in one shot so i was hey here's this new game we're gonna play a bit of so yeah he uh, kind of talks about that with some games where it's like oh this game would be super easy to get people into and kind of list the reasons okay did uh did you have any day one pickups besides night cage i did but I, there was a really oh just sorry I don't believe I did. I I had a couple more. I had one more. Do you, do you want to get to yours? No, me? first I want to talk about the end of that panel because uh, I got to meet the person who did the art for our podcast. He did. He did indeed. That was so cool. That was such a cool moment. I, I got to watch you from like several feet away and uh, seeing your face light up and then seeing her face light up. And then just like like the, like the, like it was really cool. It was really cool. We have these mugs that our friend Hunter, who's been on the show three or four times now, got us uh, with the Copilot's logo on them. The art for the, that we use for the podcast. Um, and I was worried that she would be upset about that because technically we had to license that art yeah. again to use it for products. But she was like, "Oh no, that's my art. That's so cool to see it on stuff." Yeah. <laughs> Don't sue them. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it's not like we had any intention of ever mass producing that in any form. Oh, yeah, or there's just two it to of order. Them. There's two yeah. of them. Like, I wasn't supposed to buy that sweatshop. I mean, um, very much like Nike. If I'm unaware of the conditions, I can't complain about it. It's not my fault. <laughs> hey. Look, I, I'm Mr. Beast, and I, I and that chocolate, I had no idea was being made with child labor. I promise. I, I promise. You, you can't be Mr. Beast. You just spoke up about it and acknowledged the fact that it was a problem. Mr. Beast! <laughs> uh, I had... God, I'm trying to rack my brain now. I know I see I should have kept the list. Uh, I went and I visited Artist Alley. Jen kind of always has yep. a whole bunch of... That was one of my first places to go to when I was looking through stuff. whole bunch of different art. Like, di- like digital artists, physical artists, like like authors. Uh, Painting, of, other mediums. It was amazing. I have a uh, online... Uh, an artist I follow online, RJ Palmer. Uh, he was there. He did... Got really famous in like the early... Tw- in like the late 2000s, early 2010s for doing like realistic Pokemon art. Which, yep. if I'm correct, got him a job doing concept art for legendary so he does like he did the concept art for, for the detective pikachu movie i believe so yeah and for legendary's uh godzilla films but he was there with his art so i got a king Ghidorah playmat i was very excited for and because like, also playmats are really heavy to ship so yep. artists normally bring a limited number and i learned from previous years uh that like they just kind of sell out fast so i was like i have to get a fucking playmat yeah they either sell out fast or they don't sell at all and then it's generally they sell it at a reduced price on sunday playmats are so heavy though like mm-hmm. yes Yes. I mean, it's a giant piece of rubber with a piece of fabric and then sewn to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked up the new Werewolf the Apocalypse game. I'm not uh, going to get into it in detail because I could sit here and talk for like four hours. Uh, fair enough. But Werewolf the Apocalypse is my favorite tabletop RPG. The old editions of Werewolf are full of problems. Yeah, most old RPGs are. 
most both mechanically and socially. Yeah. Um, there were one of the game designers was there in booth. I got to pick their brain about it a little bit. They addressed that kind of stuff enough where I originally was not going to pick up the game. And I picked up the game because it's like hyperfixation and because I was willing to give it at least the old college try. Respectable. Our first day at Gen Con, the only other thing I picked up other than Flight Team. Sky Team. Sky Team, sorry. Co-pilots. Was just all of Gloom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, forgot, I also technically picked up all of Gloomhaven. All of Gloomhaven. Oh, man, that's like a huge, very, very popular board game. How much did that run you, Josh? Well, it's it's a very expensive set. The base game's like $150. Yep. And War of the Lions, like another 110 And I think the other two expansions are like 50 bucks a piece. Yeah, so we're looking like $450, $500. But I got it used, so it was $150. And like all the pieces are there and half of it's not punched out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the story that the individual sold it to you? What, what was the... So him and his girlfriend bought the game and like they were going to get into it and they bought... Like when they bought it, they bought in. They just bought all of it. Yeah, they're like... Which is how you would do it because once you start playing... You need the stuff, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a legacy game so you're going to lock yourself out of pass if you start without having the extensions yep. and stuff. Anyways, they, they they bought it all. They started opening it up and then like they were moving in the next couple of weeks so they just packed it all up. And then was like, oh, we don't have room for this. What are we going to do? do? I guess just get some of the money back that we can. And get some schmuck at Gen Con to buy it. Because holy shit, is this the worst purchase I've ever made in my life. It's so <laughs> heavy. It takes up so much space. I just... Listen, I was I was very appreciative. Uh, my only other day one pickup was a indie TTRPG called Vast Grim. It's like sci-fi pop and like horror dead space random very short and fast not long form sessions it's fun uh but even my backpack was full of very heavy books because i've been buying big old books all morning and uh josh drops in the group chat because he had picked up gloomhaven like uh i i have to go back to the hotel i have to uber back to the hotel i cannot pack fucking gloomhaven around yeah no not gonna happen <laughs> who the fuck else wants to go back to the hotel something and justice both did to drop off our shit and nap and get food the best part about that is justice hadn't lifted that bag of gloomhaven until today yeah or what yeah um so he was moving it around to set up, set up the t- living room for, for, for the podcasting for the board gaming actually mm-hmm. and he picked it up he's like oh god this is so heavy and i was like yeah yeah <laughs> Not gonna lie, I picked it up wrong, and it made my bladder squeeze, and I was like, I have to piss now. <laughs> it's so heavy. Because it's it's a box, and at the board game, I'm like, I know how heavy board games are. Pick up. Oh, fuck, I'm wrong. Like, I opened the box shortly after, because I was like, I have to see why this is so heavy. So much of it's just cardboard cutouts, but they're thick, good cardboard. So it's just layer and layer and layer and layer and layer and layer, and layer, and layer of cardboard inside of a box. Uh- Imagine might as well have been a fucking solid cube. Imagine if you had like packed that around all day. No, no I, refu- no. I refuse to entertain. It is a it is a nexus event. There was one moment where we had to walk further down because our yeah um lift pickup dot didn't like pin to where I pinned it. It yep. pinned further down the street. And like we had to walk down, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Can we? Can we just not? Like, please. Poor, I was just like, I'm not moving. Yeah, it was so much. Fucked up, man. Then we went back to the hotel. Uh, we got Panda Express. Yep. And then from there, I had to go play Magic because there's no way I was going to Gen Con and not slinging spells once. 
I know that, that you guys could have taken it or left it. I mean, I did go to Jinkan and didn't single spell once. That's I, true. I slung the magic of some, some sweet, sweet slumber during the magic event. I picked up games of magic, mm-hmm. but I did not want to spend money on magic events. That makes sense. So, Your boy's funds for Jinkan were limited. So I played an event called Unknown, hosted by Gavin Vere, one of the designers of Magic the Gathering. And it was a sealed event where we got three packs of Commander Masters, which hadn't officially released yet. Because it was yeah. Thursday at 6 p.m. It was six hours before it officially released anywhere in the United States. They're going to come for you. Yep. I, 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 I fear that Gavin has just endangered himself because of Pinkertons. But 100%. Uh, we got three packs of Commander Masters, we got two packs of, two set booster packs of Lord of the Rings, and then one normal pack of Lord of the Rings, and, uh, then we had to build a Commander deck, but we also got a ten pack of cards that were called Playtest cards, which are just cards basically specifically designed for this event, and Pro Tour Barcelona, and they might be at one other event, but it's not gonna be in the United States. Fun. Um, and they're just cards with paper stickers over them All my that have new text okay um so for instance my commander for my for my deck was arvard uh captain of the weatherlight and he's an aardvark no arvard is a vampire nope. from ixalan nope aardvark continue no, he's, not. A, he's, a, he's a vampire from dominaria where he was on the weatherlight same difference our Arvard has never been captain of the Weatherlight. Nope. Um, that's why this card is a playtest card. Uh, and he's a he was a three four for two white and a black for all of the use of play magic. And then he broke the rules of the game because he said you could have any legendary permanents in your deck that were any color, regardless of what they were. Normally, they, my cards in my deck would be black or white because uh. Ar- Arvard was black and white. But it means it meant I got to play Arvard and. And Zakama, which is a big dinosaur. Yeah. And Marquesa, um, Queen, Queen Marquesa. And then, um, also. Yes, Queen, yes. And then also Brynolin, the Moon Le- Leviathan. Um, you know, because he, whenever he attacks, he could just pop one of those into play for free. You didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to be able to cast it. He's just like, I attack, and now you have a giant skyfish. <laughs> You're welcome. That sounds very bad mechanically in the game. Oh yeah, that's why it's not a real card. Yeah. Did, did I? T- did I? T- I told everybody else. Did I tell you about my round one game in that tournament? No. Okay. <laughs> Turn. <laughs> Turn one, I do nothing. It's commander. And like, as we're shuffling up my opponents, like, man, I'm glad this is a commander format because I, I can play a little bit bigger, play bigger spells, play like some fun stuff. No. It's 1v1, 30 life. It's not going to work. And I was like, yeah, I thought about doing that, but I also thought about like building red, white aggro. And when I said those words, he looked at me, he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was playing. I was not. I was not playing red white yeah. aggro. But we open. I'm on the play. Um, turn one, do nothing. Turn two, play a two one flyer that says if my opponent has more lands, uh, when, it att- when it deals damage, I get to search my library for a land and put it in- into play. Yeah. Um, opponent plays a land, and then on my next turn, I play a three drop. Yeah. That gives my bird plus one plus one. Attack. Next turn, my opponent does almost basically nothing. He loses like a commander sphere on turn three. <laughs> on turn four, it's my turn again. I play Arvod. Attack for four. On the next turn, he has still played no creatures. Yeah. It's now my turn. I attack with a bird, a 2 2 Arvod, and put Zakama Primal Calamity into play. Gross. My opponent conceded. Uh, Understandable. How big is Zakama? How big is that, three, that beautiful three headed dinosaur? It's a 9 9. And it's, and it's all color because of Arvod's ability. And uh, it has two in a white, gain three life. Two in a red, bolt, deal three damage to something. Two in a green, destroy target artifact or enchantment. I had no green man in the deck. That was never going to be an issue. That's a lie. I had one land. I had one artifact that could tap for green man. So what I'm hearing is you'd already done 12 damage. And on your next current turn, you could do 18 and just end him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And plus, um, I did have access to two red mana. So I could I could also go on, on, turn, on turn six, lightning bolt, lightning bolt attack. Yeah. Game 
was over so hard. Um, but yeah, it was a fun event. We also got promo um, lotus petals. Lotus petals. Fun. I wasn't even in the event, listener. <laughs> but that was my Thursday. That was Gen Con day one for me. While Josh was doing that, me and Justice were asleep because we had to gather our energy for the midnight event when our entire Gen Con group would play Blood on the Clock Tower. Indeed. Which Blood on the Clock Tower is like were- One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Yeah, but that game good. good. Yay! Hey! <laughs> um, no, so it's like One Night Ultimate Werewolf, except... Uh, okay, so are you guys familiar with the board game uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. I really enjoy Betrayal at House on the Hill, but I would describe it as baby's first real, quote-unquote, real board game. Yes. Yeah. It's like a lot of time you can buy it at Walmart now, right? Uh, but it's one of those, like, man, maybe there's more to board games than Monopoly. Like, it, It's kind of subsumed the role that Ticket to Ride or Catan used to play. Yes. yes. It is It is the gateway drug to the board game hobby, right? Mm-hmm. However, the same company has made Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Much better. D&D themed version, but it is a lot better because characters have like abilities they can use. It can like, influence There's more, board there's more player agency. There's more like, mechanical depth as well. Yes, it is just like it is just a uh, I, I kick at the table. So yeah, there's just a lot more mechanical death, uh, depth, depth, uh, depth, and it just it's a better experience. And that's a similar thing with Blood in the Clock Tower. It is a social deduction. There is a traitor backslash imposter backslash werewolf. Evil team. A demon is the flavor mm-hmm. of this game with a bunch of roles, but only you know your role. All the roles have a bunch of different powers and like it, it's it, it's fun. It, it was a yep. really good time. I'd never played it before. When you die, you're not actually out of the game. You yeah. can continue doing stuff. And you can still have a vote. Mm-hmm. One vote you can spend later in the game to influence the outcome. And with your abilities and the fact that this game does allow for more conversation than things like werewolf does, it allows for a lot more player agency. Mm-hmm. which is very nice in an information gathering social deduction game where you also lie to people yes also because the narrator in this game as opposed to the one in werewolf where it's just like close your eyes open your eyes like, like they are actually uh, as opposed to the one in werewolf where they have fulfilled the role with a fucking app yes yes um instead it's a person who actually also has their own agency in the story and, like, and their own goal within the game because the good team's goal is to win, the mm-hmm. bad team's goal is to win, but the storyteller's goal is to make the game last as physically long as possible without like needlessly stretching. Which means their goal is to make the game going forward as even as possible. Yeah, so um, there are various classes, both good and bad, that can result in other players being given false information. The storyteller gets to pick what that false information is. Yes. Or and- many times if they even get false information. Because even though it says that it could give a player false information... It's not a guarantee it's not a guarantee you so, can just tell them the truth so the storyteller like narrator role uh actually has a huge amount of agency and like how long the game is going to last or it is the rubber banding in mario kart uh 64 where it's like okay the demon is just owning these people i need to like tell like, it's I, blue shell time baby yeah exactly and there are mechanics that you do that in the game on the more advanced scenarios because there are multiple scenarios with specific roles that are a defined pool you can get roles from. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the game has set scenarios. It has some that they have made, but then you can find countless scripts There, there are scripts hundreds of online. scenarios for Blood on the Clock Tower at this point, mm-hmm. written both by the game company that makes it, the Pandemonium yep. Institute, and by just fans of the game. Yep. 
is good, baby. And they're constantly testing new roles Characters, and new character mo- types. Yeah. So. Um, the, uh, the the bad team won for us. Yes. Which was two of our friends who had never played the game before. Because and it was their first Gen Con. Yep. And then it was a very experienced player who was British. Yes. Now, it was really funny because the demon, like the, the, the British dude, uh, was the first person to ever talk to me. And like something I really appreciated and something I learned about Gen Con. In hindsight, I could tell he was like in ha 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 demon mode when he first walked up. But then he could tell that I, like, mechanically didn't understand something. Yes. And he immediately was like, okay, man, listen. So, if you're going to do that in the future, you probably shouldn't say, like, I was like, I'm like, I was trying to be coy and, like, you can do, like, you can say, hey, if you show me three roles, your roles you are potentially are, I'll show you three roles I potentially am, right? And one of the roles I picked I was potentially was, was actually a very, very important role. And he goes, yes. okay, man, listen, if you're not this role in the future, I probably wouldn't pick it because, like, it is so important that if you put it in, like, one of your two for twos or three for threes. The person has to immediately assume you the are The person that. has to be like, okay, are you, like, it's so important. So are you that? And I was like, I am not. And he was like, cool. Like, don't include that in your things in the future unless you have, like, a, a unless you're, like, you're evil or have a plan or, like, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> but we're in it much better than I just did. Yeah. It was a very good time. Yeah, all the players who had played before really liked helped guide the newbies who mm-hmm. were us into playing. Even like I think Justice Chris and I had a little more understanding than the other half of our group. Definitely, Justice and I because we've watched every No Rules Bard episode of Blood on the Clock Tower at least once, and maybe because I've watched one and a half, which was more than the other three people. Let's go! Yeah. But. Yeah, but that was the end of Thursday night into Friday. Yep, and after that, we all went back to the apartment and slept. Yeah, uh, most of our ho- most of our Gen Con nights end with um, uh, go- stumble back to hotel, catch three hours of sleep, go back to ICC. What did we do for dinner Thursday night? Did we meet up for dinner first? Thursday or? was whatever. That's why me and Chris had we had, had we just had panda. Yeah. Oh we, yeah, we, we had panda. That's what. That's we, why we weren't hungry after waking up. And that's then, right. That night after um, after blood on the clock tower. I think I think I had an apple. Also, I think and there was some cheese crackers. I think basically everything was going to be closed by the end of Blood. He's Blood into yeah. two thirty. Yeah, we just wanted to get back to the hotel and sleep. Oh, which then was Friday. Um, before we get into Friday, I do want to dive into Wednesday's block party a little bit because we didn't mention. Okay, we did mention the credit card issue and yes. the um, steak, the steak sandwich. Yes, I don't remember the name of the reference. The steak, sa- the um, cheese steak sandwich came from critical hit. That wasn't the name of the restaurant. No, but the name was the, the Critical Hit Sandwich. I don't care about the name of the sandwich. I was thinking about the name of the restaurant. To plug Prime them. 40 something or other. Oh, Prime 47. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. We got there. Um, But we ha- I had that, and we also got the hot box Gin Con Pizza, the yes. Queen's Hambit, which was essentially a, a Cubano with pulled pork turned into a pizza. It had barbecue pulled pork and then everything from, from a Cubano. Like It was really, really good. Uh, it was insanely good because, like, I looked at it. It had so much onion. Just pick back off. It was, it was insanely good, and it was insanely good. Like, it had so much onion on it. Like, I, when I looked at it, I, I was like, when I looked at it, I, I was just, this cannot be good. That was my thought when I saw all the pickles on it and how large they were. I was just, this, this cannot be good. It has too much onion. Like, the crunch of the onion is gonna like destroy mm-hmm. any like flavor sensation I get from this. It's just gonna make me like trigger that gag reflex. I didn't. It was very good. The onion wasn't overbearing. The pickles were like seasoned in this really cool. Pack powder and very good yeah the pickles were because my immediate thought was if this is just like a normal dill pickle it's going to be bad on this pizza yeah which would have been right if it was just a normal dill did yeah. you ever get a queen's hammock slice he did not nope oh i'm so sorry i, like, I, I, I had opportunity to and chose not to i'm okay. like i'm not, i did not go without yeah it was legitimately delicious and also 42 dollars for a single pizza ridiculous leading up to gen con i kept saying guys you have to get pizza one night. we have to get pizza one night because like 
It's a weird thing. I'm conditioned. Anytime I take any vacation, one night, my family always just like order pizza from a semi-localish place just like yeah. to have. But then I got to Gen Con and was like, I don't want pizza. Understand. <laughs> I was just like, I actually do not want that dish. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I do like trying pizza in new places when I get the chance because pizza is just so ubiquitous. But like the levels of how good a pizza can be True. are so varied. Our so our little there's a local shop in a town near where my parents live called Iron Gate. Right. Mm-hmm. So the exact words my mom uses. Uh, she likes to try every town's Iron Gate. Fair enough. Because like it's owned by the town by the same like family. And that one was like we've been open since 1920. Hey, it's been like the same family since like the, the, the late 70s. We don't like, have yeah. one. Here. No, no, we do not. The closest we have is Pizza King, but there's like three of those. Yeah. So hashtag Pizza King. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. I wish. I wish we were sponsored by Pizza King. That'd be hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about the Queen's Hambit. Makes sense. So then Friday. Um, what did Friday start with? For me, it started with a mad scramble to get out of the fucking hotel into the convention center. So I wanted to get there before doors opened, but I didn't set my own alarms, relied on other people's alarms. Those didn't wake me up. And then I needed to get to the hotel to open doors. I know your alarms didn't go off. No, I, which is weird. So my alarms didn't go off. Yeah. I had even switched my regular work alarm that always goes off to just be at the time I needed it to be and kept it on all week because like, I, I yeah. work on weekends normally. Yeah. Uh, it just never fucking went off all week. Do not understand why mine i checked every day mine didn't go off friday morning it went off every other day it didn't go off friday morning because i forgot to turn my phone back off of silent from when i went to how to get your friends in the tabletop role playing game oh i forgot guys there's a huge there's background to this um we drank heavily thursday night or i did i drank heavily thursday night i drank moderately thursday night was that the first time we stopped at the marriott bar yeah yeah yeah, okay, I drink moderately. We were all, like, filling it by the time Blood on the Clock Tower started. Um, just to break my seal true power reveal, um, we definitely were drinking, like, I was drinking alcohol throughout the day through various means, mm-hmm. both licit and illicit, um, and a flash in my backpack, uh, and just, like, was drinking, uh, so we were, like, drink liquoring up from Blood on the Clock Tower. I was inebriated. So yes. I woke up Friday, my first day of the several days weekend of, as I say, feeling it, Mr. Krabs. I was just... A wee bit wrung out and hung out to dry. Just a little hungover, a little ill. Yeah. Right, so Wednesday... I'm sorry, uh, Friday, I wake up like 10 minutes after my alarm was supposed to go off and I'm like, I need to shower and go to hotel breakfast and like shambled towards the shower. Yeah. And then I woke up 10.20-ish, I think? No, it wasn't qu- doors weren't open yet. So 9.20, doors opened at 10. Yes. So I opened. I woke up at 9.20 and was like, shit, I, get, I need to... Shower, get dressed, get all my shit together. I took a shower... Th- um, oh, yes, yes, because you needed to get up early Thursday, yeah. Friday morning. So I took a shower and I was gone. Like, I fucking disappeared out of that hotel so fucking fast. Yes. And I, and I was rewarded by being able to sell magic cards and make money. And um, I only had to stay in that line for a little extra long because yeah. I missed doors and there were something like 15 people in front of me. Yeah. Which, that doesn't sound like a lot of people, but waiting for people to sell cards in bulk, that's like two hours of waiting to get it, to get set down to sell stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I spent my Friday morning going around, looking at stuff again. I uh, went to the consignment store where I found copies of Exalted books. 
and was like, I don't think he's also popular enough. I'm gonna let them sit because the consignment store, the way it works at Gen Con is each day it goes down in price. They have a price level. That way they can sell it, but it gets cheaper day by day. But also the chances of someone else picking up are obviously higher. I will say, Chris and I also were like, no, you don't have to buy it today. Who the fuck's <laughs> buying second edition Exalted besides the host of the podcast we keep mentioning? Who the fuck is gonna buy those books? But also, right, Gen Con. Yeah, but also those hosts only review the main game. They don't review supplemental material often. You should be fine. Yeah, I wasn't thinking they would buy it because they wanted to review it. I was thinking they would buy it because they both have stated multiple times they love Exalted. John more so, yeah. He, yeah. he did play in an Exalted game Yeah, but we were on like, the internet. We were like, Justice, don't pick those up. So, uh, listeners, listeners, I want to completely interrupt what we, over the fuck we were just saying because he has some fucking podcast sausage gets made, right? How much you should appreciate these two hosts being in the trenches because they're daredevil-like hearing and the fact that their podcast recording studio backslash apartment is now between like four factories that semi trucks <laughs> constantly drive by they notice them coming before i do and they'll just hold up a hand and i'm like what and then one will fucking rumble by and they'll be like okay now we can talk again you guys being a podcaster is so much fucking work i don't know how you guys do it oh the best part is sometimes you have to judge if you think a certain semi or vehicle is going to pick back up because they're going down a hill behind us which is why they're so fucking loud especially the semis because they're slamming on their brakes and then there's another hill they have to immediately go up after turning a corner so you have to judge is that person i'm hearing the type of driver who's going to gun it up the next fucking hill truly truly that's how it be on this bitch of an earth um i also kind of wandered aimlessly friday morning of gen con yeah i you also checked out the consignment store, decided not to get things. Oh, that was my first time ever at the consignment. Same. Uh, yeah, I had been meaning to go last year. Yeah. So last year. Whether we say last year, we mean 2019. And we- 2019. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just got smacked by, by time. time right in the face. Okay, so I've, I've, I've been meaning to go my previous two years at Gen Con. Yes. And my but, 2019 year was filled with events. But 2018, it was somewhere in the actual convention center. And I had no idea where it I was. And I had no idea where the fuck it was. I now think I know where it was at. I think it was on the second floor. In the Sagamore. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to the Sagamore. I didn't even know where it was until yesterday. I knew where, uh, I knew where it was in 2019 because we were trying to find a fucking place to play. Oh, 2019? I don't think it was in the Sagamore. 2019? No, 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 no. I know, but I'm saying I found out where Sagamore was oh, yeah. in 2019 because we were trying to find a place to play. We saw an empty room and we were going to play in there. And then it just filled with pathfinder people like we had just set up at a table and it was just like oh you guys are gonna need to leave we're gonna need all these tables for pathfinder and just <laughs> it is path it is pathfinder society time leave yeah so this was the first year where i actually like was able to be like oh yeah i know where that's at like <laughs> yeah. i can find that pretty damn easily it was also the best located for the year for the, for that because it was very easily findable yeah, if yes. you are a listener of co-pilots and you're gonna go to gen con i highly recommend the best hangout spot and where you can probably bump into your favorite hosts um is the fucking marriott so nice the, like, the, like the cushy benches yeah. the bars right them. above the bar so on the second floor the lounge area outside a lot of the meeting areas i love that bar table that that they have there i just want to yeah. draft at that table the eight like the, the table outside the room we were playing yes. magic in today also further tip if i if you see me in one of these bathrooms be sure to say hey uh the various bathrooms of the marriott are also the most like secluded and like easiest to go drop a huge deuce in i'm yeah, i think kinda. The Weston has better bathrooms. Uh, I, I like how we're just talking about bathrooms. Weston does have better bathrooms. No shit. Oh my god. Oh, no shit. I didn't. I never got to use a Weston. Okay, so, what? so they have wooden framed doors with a what? with a frosted glass for what? each fucking what? um what? stall, and, and every other wall is like all the way to the ground. Yep. 
Welcome to the Gen Con Bathroom Podcast, the podcast within a podcast. My, I'm your host, Chris. It's a double pane, both frosted glass window from the walls. So you, you can't see anyone physically, but you can kind of see like a shadow distorted by it. So you can oh, tell that there's someone in there. I want to see your distorted shadow, Justin. And the door goes down so far, mm. like it's like maybe yeah, six inches like above the ground. Much room above the ground. Oh my god, no! You guys are describing the Taj Mahal bathrooms. My my, my bathroom cup would have runneth over if I had discovered this place. Yeah, I thought the Marriott was done. That was nothing. No, the Marriott. Like, I would say the worst fine. thing about the Western bathrooms is their toilets are much lower to the ground than any other, other than any of the other bathrooms. Yeah, that's true. And but, like, you cope. Yeah. <laughs> also, their uh, paper towel holders are like just below where knee level would be if your legs went straight. <laughs> Straightly off the bathroom. Yeah, oh, I would have fucking loved it. I am a short king. True. <laughs> Just is over here saying like six feet tall. And he's like, it was too small. And I'm like, no, I, I thought it was fine, dude. And dude, it, Chris, it, it, Chris it was, is like, I would have thrived there. It was all just a bit short and like oddly placed for like ah! angles to grab things. Like the door handle, the door I was a- whistling. I would have been like, dude, dude. Just, like, fucking ready, man. I want you to know, I didn't realize that, like, it was lower than normal until you brought it up. I was like, oh, yeah, it was. I was like, oh, that's why it was a little more comfortable. And a fucking guy (laughs) came out and was like, hey, mister, did you notice that was the perfect bathroom? George Spinks should play here. Okay, he so, like Bruce Springsteen, but for so, little guys so, like me. So Chris, you know what makes this even more apt that you call it the Taj Mahal of bathrooms? Then because if it's all perfectly sized to fit you, besides like the build of it, because it's a very tall bathroom with these giant fucking doors for each stall. <laughs> I would feel like a king. I mean, listener, listener. I think the I honest thing picture- though is that the sink though is what I would consider normal height. Uh, that's Which true, means yeah. it's out of proportion to the rest of the bathroom. That's fucked up. Listen, I want you to picture the shortest person you know. Uh, that's probably not fair. They're... I'm roughly an inch and a half shorter. That's that's definitely <laughs> not true. Yeah, it is. Consensual reality. The listeners have met me. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, but, like, you know, I'm about an inch and a half shorter than the shortest person you know. That is an adult. If you know a baby, I'm not shorter than most babies. Only most. Only most babies. Um, God. Also, listeners, listeners, bathroom talk will come back. Uh, on the last day, for what I have dubbed Piss Quest 2023. Oh, actually, it'll come back tomorrow, because maybe. It might stay in the episode, it might not, but there's a thing that happened while I was searching for a bathroom I didn't mention to you two. That oh. has to stay in the episode. Okay, so we're Friday night. Get, Friday night. We're in Friday, and we should be hitting up our first panel. Oh, yes. Which was the oh, System yes. Mastery, the RPG show. Yes, yeah. the RPG game show. Which I expected to be a more structured game show. I'm a little sad it wasn't. Because in 2019, it was. I think the reason why it's obviously not more structured is because instead of using... sponsored by Simon & Schuster? I was going to say because instead of using guest panelists to be the contestants, it was open to the audience. I didn't mean that as a dig. I mean, that's why. Because it was more about giving out... Audience interaction and and books and and things. And product, yes. And so it was more like uh, a reverse Q&A panel where the hosts were asking you questions, but they were very specific questions about RPGs. And honestly, room chemistry was fun. Audience interaction was fun. When people got things wrong, it was all in good spirits. Like, things were funny. If you didn't get a question, if you got a question wrong, you still got a cool pin. Yes. Like, like, good panel. And you got a question right, you got a cool book. Yeah, I thought about going up to answer a question, but my brain went, I have all of those pins, and I have all of those books. Look, the only reason I I thought about going up to answer a question was, I was like, I wonder if they have the coloring book early. (laughs) Oh, my thought was I didn't think they had the coloring book, but I scanned, and I didn't see James's um, campfire cards, and I was like, those are like the one thing I need at the moment, they just got released, and you do not have them on that table. That was my brain. 
Um, but yeah, people went up. They asked. A, they got asked a question. If they answered it right, book. No answer. Bad answer. Pen. Yep. Um, and there were tons of people there who have no idea who System Mastery are. Who I I feel like there were people there who didn't know who James Dork, was. Yeah. And most of us didn't know who the special guest was. I don't. Uh, Lynn Ogeta. Ogeta. She does legal content yep. but, on like RPGs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, she got more known during the whole um when wizards uh wizards ogl wizards. license bullshit yeah and and she or they i'm not 100 sure i have no idea that's fair um they uh whenever they asked their questions they weren't multiple choice the questions were like legal based lit history legal based on like tsr and wizards yep. And I was just like, oh, no, my brain's lighting up. I'm learning. I'm learning. So I was like, I learned a lot of things. But there were also several things from hers, which I would argue really hard to question. My brain just went, why the fuck do I already know this? Yeah, dude, that was the entire time um, what either like like James or one of the System Mastery guys would ask quite, like almost puns about D&D. Like, yeah. Especially, uh, I was trying to explain to, to the two new guys in our Gen Con group um, like how second edition D&D is kind of sticky. Yeah. Like you, you'll meet motherfuckers younger than you. It's like, yeah, I play second edition because of my dad. Like for some reason, people are still yep. playing this fucking game. Because right? AD&D, it's not great. Second edition. Easier. I'm going to beat you to death. I'm going to kill you with a walk. I um, think the argument is partially because AD&D, not great. Second edition actually is when the game got, in my opinion, no. as a good RPG. You can't beat me to death. And then my thought goes too low. For people who feel like there needs to be more individuality for the classes, you start to lose some of that because the classes work more similarly I mechanically think as everyone has the books i think and i was about to say there's a copy yeah. of ad and d second edition and everyone's closet in america yeah. the american midwest i can see that because your your, your uncle go to your grandparents house dig around if they have an attic or a closet dig around you will find second edition ad and d in there because your uncle 100 percent played it your dad will deny that he did or he says your uncle had him try it once your uncle definitely played D D. Chris, I think you're talking about drugs. You'd be surprised. Also, Chris, I think you're talking about drugs. Okay, no, those, those drugs are and D&D go those hand are, in hand. Those are definitely your uncles. I never tried that. Yeah, that was definitely your uncle's son. I would never do the marijuana. I never did a weed a single time. And your and your uncle didn't, he, he didn't do, do, do it a lot. He, you know, he just tried it. He had a, oh, no. he had a bad group of friends he was hanging out with for no, a while. No, no, that smell was cherry tobacco. Yep. <laughs> Um, but then we had to go from the RPG game show panel to the, the System Mastery live show, like the actual like live recording of yep. the podcast. Immediately. Like. Immediately, yeah. Yeah, because Gen Con, in their infinite wisdom, immediately booked one of their panels right after the other. So the RPG game show ended at four, and their next panel started immediately at four. Which wouldn't have been the worst thing. If they were in the same room. Or building. Yeah. They weren't even in the same building. Had to go downstairs. Downstairs. Downstairs and down the street. And down the street to get to the next room. Yep. yep. And I was happy to say that I, I departed early and I did beat the hosts there. Yep. To be fair, the hosts had a costume change they had to make between. Yeah. Which yeah, I did. was surprised about. I was not ready for the costume change. Because, um. The show's gimmick, we've mentioned it, I think, on the other Into the Cockpit I've been to, we also brought it up. Literally the last episode we talked about it. Oh, God, yep. shit. But the, the RPG they're reviewing was the Rocky and Bullwinkle RPG, which is more of those old uh, TSR, the kind of D&D, where famous making box sets of yes. things. So it was those classic TSR box sets. And then the biggest twist of the weekend, the game was actually pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, we had to bring it up about what they do. Like two-thirds of the game. We had to explain why, are we, why we were reviewing Rocky and Bullwinkle, the 2018 <laughs> TV show. Yeah. 
Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> I I have not listened to last week's ep- this uh, last episode. I'm breaking yeah. my seal to power reveal. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay. It came out when you were at Gen Con. Yes, goaded. <laughs> came out August second. Holy the the Wednesday before Gen Con. Yeah, go. Yep. Oh, I was busy. Yeah, yeah. So where are we? We're, we were posting an episode. Yeah, <laughs> we had uh, to do that before we left Hunters. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the game was fine. It was like more of a party game than an actual RPG, mm-hmm. where you can kind of like act out wacky scenarios based off the Rocky and Buickle show from the fifty eight. Fifty eight. Cool. cool. Yeah, Nine fifty eight. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was a fun time. Uh, they actually couldn't record it because the room didn't have didn't have a way to do weird live setups and the acoustics were kind of yep. bad. So, so no one else gets to hear that show. Woo! They said they are going to review it for the show. Try yeah, it, yeah. Try yeah, it. But, like... The reason they put it off is because the game comes with physical elements. Hand puppets. Hand puppets. For no reason! And spinners. And spinners instead of yep. dice and little cars. It was, it was a fun, good time. It was just, yep. like... It was, it was funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then, by committee, we made a character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we got to make a... Make a... A flying squirrel that couldn't fly. Named Smoothie. Smoothie, who? the flying squirrel that couldn't, squ- that couldn't fly, who was a tax accountant. Who worked, worked for the government. government. Yep. Yep, yep. Any government position they wanted. They just couldn't repeat jobs. So they could be the president for a day. They'd be the vice president, and then the president, and then the entire cabinet. And then a janitor that works at the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> most um, days, he's a janitor that works at the Pentagon. Sometimes. Or they could be a toll booth worker. By bulk, most government positions are janitors that work at the Pentagon. True. That was a joke. Nope. Josh Actual just gave fact. me the most incredulous fucking look, listener. And I just yes ended it. This is the different. <laughs> this, these are the two contents. These are the two vibes of energy. What the fuck are you talking about? Or, yes, I, I assume the largest like government role is police officer. Yeah, probably. And if not police officer, postal worker. Yeah, I, was, I bet it's like mail carrier. Although now that you mention it, maintenance or janitorial city staff, maintenance probably. Janitorial staff might be it too. Like, mm-hmm. I, wonder, I wonder like how many people are in, like the Army Corps of Engineers. That's like a yeah, true. It's a lot. There's lots of like, but God, goddamn rabbit holes. We're, dear listeners, stay tuned to the description of this episode where Justice will 100% research that and break it down in the description. I'm not doing Ju- that. Justice, I am begging you, no context at the uh, towards the end of the description. A line by itself, put just like office worker, like whatever, like pick a job, pick a job. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not gonna prove you wrong. Uh, maybe maybe not we'll find out when i post an episode so yeah we went to the live show which had a special guest host and, and a second special guest host it was jeff and john from system mastery james diamato from the one shot podcast network james the one shot podcast president of the podcast mm-hmm. one shot podcast network who also is was former host of the one shot podcast they are currently running through new candidates we yeah, are about to start our second candidate to host and the gm and host of campaign skyjacks and also, the reason he has to vacate his previous job as host of the One Shot is because he just completed Project Falcon. I mean, just is a strong word now, but he has recently completed Project Falcon. Mm-hmm. And that, that prevents him from hosting that show now. Indeed. Who is the other spe- special guest? Claire! I don't know her last name, which I think is probably, like, intentional. Yeah, probably. I, I would If I was a woman on the internet, I wouldn't want people knowing my first name. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> yep. uh, but, uh, Claire is a longtime friend of the host of the podcast, and she's just also very funny and knowledgeable about tabletop rpgs and, and uh, fandom in general and fandom in general and done yep. a bunch of guest spots on the show previously yep uh, i got her to sign like i have a, a play mat i use play match the gathering that i bring to events i just get like people whose content I like or i think are cool to like sign yeah uh, and i got her to sign that and i was that was really cool 
Somebody complimented me on that playmat while I was playing. No, <laughs> no, what? no, you didn't tell me this. What they say? They're just like, oh, Prof Sig. Yeah, dude, I, I, I like Prof Gavin Sheldon, all the Commander Rules Committee. Like, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, that's Sheldon, and I was like, it's not like playmat. <laughs> I have uh, all the Commander versus guys, ex- including the original two. Except I, I'm missing um, uh, Danny West. Danny West, if you ever, ever listen to this, you're actually my all-time favorite member. Please, please get a hold of the host. Fucking copilotsreview at gmail.com. Um, live podcast. That's where we were. Yep. Yes. Live podcast. Uh, I think that was basically it, though. Yeah, right? there's not a lot for us to do with that other than tell you to go listen to the System Mastery podcast. Yep. You won't hear that episode. So then... Many more. From Friday, paths diverged. Paths do diverge because at this point, it's time for me to take my shit back to the hotel, change clothes, go get a scrumptious dinner at the best restaurant in Indy, which will come, which will come back into play later. Um, a little burger bar called Kuma's Corner. Kuma's Corner, yeah. Um, and then from there, it was off to see um a band called Moonrise. Well, a band called Moonshine and Outlaws. Yeah. And a band called Moonrise. Yep. And a band called Buck Cherry. I thought the next band was Moonshot, named after the board game. Um, no, there was no Moonshot, and there mm-hmm. also was no in. There was also no Vinres, which was supposed to be the band before Buck Cherry. But Vinres is mediocre at best. Yeah. And Outlaws and Moonshine are generic Southern rock. But I can vibe to that. I can vibe to any music I can move my knee to. But Moonrise were bangers. They had like a Southern Rock tinge to them, but they were just more straight like hard rock, almost with a bit of core elements. They had screams nice. and guitar breakdowns. No, that sounds better. And their bassist and vocalist were fucking legit performers. So good. Very nice. Uh, the, their lead singer reminded me so much of Matt Shadows. <laughs> uh, it was uncanny. Not like physically, but like in the way In the stage did, performance. Yeah. yeah, in his performance. And then the bassist was just getting it the Still, whole time. Still, no one's going to top Will. William Control for stage performance, in my opinion. William Control is the most doctor-like individual I've ever seen in real life that wasn't cosplaying the doctor. Yes, when performing with Aiden. When performing by himself, he looks the part, by which I would mean I think he would play, like, the master. But his performance screams large Spider-Man energy. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! God damn. As, when performing as William Control, I read Spider-Man, for some reason, dressed as the master from Doctor Who. <laughs> Which, honestly, matches Peter Parker's nerdy of element, so why not? Spider-Man, why are you dressed from a character from Doctor Who? Rhino, why do you watch Doctor Who? Rhino, why are you at Comic-Con New York? I really relate to the Sontarians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh my god, I'm... That... That interaction that just happened is, like, probably a good summation of why we feel a home at Gen Con. God damn, we are nerds. <laughs> that was, like, that was dra- That was so uncool. Oh, my God. <laughs> then, then Buck Cherry came on. And like, they were ostensibly the reason I went to this concert. But I went to this concert because I've been to hundreds of concerts. Yes. Seen multiple hundreds of bands. Same. And I've never, like, even though I've been going to concerts my entire adult life, had more than one alcoholic beverage at a concert. I've never been, like, drunk or drug-altered at a concert. Most I've had was two, separated by an hour of, like, by a time period of, like, eight hours, because summer festivals. Yeah, so, uh, I've never been fucked up at a concert, to put it colloquially. And I was like, I'm gonna do that, but I need to do it to a band who I don't care if I don't remember the scene. Oh, Buck Cherry, my sweet <laughs> baby. Oh, man. Um, you play passable music, and I can drink alcohol to it. I danced sure. to a lot of you in middle school. <laughs> right, right. 
Um, but I was by the time I got to the venue, I was checking Lyft and Uber prices just to get an idea of how much I'd be paying on the way out. Yeah. And I had I had managed to get far enough away from the airport and downtown Indy that an Uber was going to be between forty and sixty dollars. Gross. Uh huh. So while Buck Cherry was playing, roughly their fourth or fifth song, I was like, I was checking again, and I saw Lyft had a sixteen dollar price, and they were like. Ooh. I was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, but you have to wait 40 minutes. And I was like, that sounds perfect. Holy shit. Yeah. Click it. Put it back in my pocket. We're good. Um, A couple songs later, probably 10 minutes at most. Yeah. Phone vibrates and is like, hey, your driver is three minutes away. Fuck that. And I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't, I watched about a third of the Buck Cherry set because they were playing a 15 song set. That's fine. Um, <laughs> But the best part is they'd already played both of my favorite songs by them. True. So I could get the fuck out of there. They started with Lit Up, and then their third song was Next to You, and I was like, oh, this is all I wanted. You're not playing Highway Star, so cool. This concert has already been, literally, by definition, everything I could have wanted and more. Even better, I got out of there before I had to listen to the crowd sing along with Crazy Bitch. God, how could I... (laughs) But we also came to a very important verdict that night. I had had... Three drinks at Kuma's, two yeah. two hard ciders and a mixed drink. Okay, and then I had six more drinks at the Buck Cherry Show. Gross. Four, Continue. Five, four, five, five more drinks at the Buck Cherry Show. So I had a mule, a mule, a cider, a mule, and a cider. Um, cheese Louise. Yes. Cheese Louise. Uh, well, that's why I was glass-eyed by the time I got to the. To the <laughs> <laughs> you really were. You came into the auction, which me and Justice will explain. You came into the auction visibly. Fucked up, to put it colloquially. Oh my <laughs> god! You came in, I was like, damn, Josh been having a good time. Yeah, so I left the Book Cherry concert early because Lyft lied about the wait being 40 minutes. Yeah. If they would have stayed 40 minutes, you couldn't have stumbled to the lift. What are you talking about? But I have come to the conclusion, after all of those drinks with the concert, I don't like being drunk at concerts. I don't know why people drink at concerts. Seems like a bad time to me. It oh, sucks. You, your balance is not there. There's music blasting at you trying to knock you off balance because bass music at a concert when you're that close to the stage is a physical thing. Yes. Um, And then there's people around you who can't stand up straight and are like waving. And so like you're waving around, like you're, you're wavering on your feet. They're waving on their feet. You have drinks in your hand. You're trying not to spill or bump on people. Have it's... you ever wanted to emulate seasickness but not be on the ocean? <laughs> Do you Drink want... at a concert. Have you ever wanted to emulate seasickness but combine it with like the worst anxiety because you're like, oh God, I don't want to spill this on this dude or this lady. Oh, oh God, fuck. And like drink at a concert, perfect. Also, but that said, the Vogue, the concert that Bookcherry, the, the concert venue Bookcherry played at, is like the platonic ideal of a concert venue bar from a movie. Oh, that's like, cool. It's the, exactly what you what they show in every like club concert in the history of ever, unless it's supposed to be underground England. Yeah, it makes sense. They have blood coming from the ceiling and like blades there being like, yeah, yeah, the blood rave and fights vampires. How many vampires have you fought, Josh? Uh, in real life or in video games? Real life. Three. Uh, Hell yeah. Not elaborating. Hell yeah. Justice, Chris, you want to tackle everything that happened while I was... Sure, we can go with up until we ourselves diverge again. Yeah, so 
My brother wanted to check out one of the things that Gen Con is famous for, which is the Gen Con auction. I want to say at the top of this, at one point in this story, me, I'm going to make it like, we're going to talk about something about me, a knowing glance that me and Jaws exchange. So I'm not going to get into the like history of the Gen Con auction, the history of the people that run it and like behind the scenes stuff and the wizards and TSR and politics and yada, yada, yada. The history is all there. You can look into it. I don't feel like doing it. But, but, if, you're, but if you know. You, you know. know. Yeah. Um. But it is a cool place to treat like a museum to watch as a bunch yes. of really old D&D and tabletop stuff gets put on auction blocks and sold to like the same eight dudes. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, uh, and that's where my brother wanted to go because he loves second edition D&D. Like, absolutely. He, he just loves it. It's very nostalgic for him. Uh, he's younger than me. <laughs> I don't know you guys think he was a person like, like, group when it came out, he is, that's why he as a kid played. Uh, yeah. And for a long time, and sometimes, Gen Con's a place to pick up stuff like that on the cheap, right? However, um... The auction so, is not the place to do it. Um, uh, first, for the majority of the auction, Justice, how would you describe the wares that were being sold? I would describe them as outdated periodicals with very little actual content to them of the exact same number and variety and issue being sold repeatedly about 20 times before a different magazine from the same publication went up for about five times of the exact same issue. Yeah, um, so they do do blocks of auctions kind of broken up by game companies, right? So for example, uh, the auction that I wanted to go to but couldn't because the scheduling was on Saturday day and we'll get to that and it was fine i ended up being fine that i couldn't go uh but we i uh, because as white wolf they make they make the old world world of darkness games yes uh, so the auction that specifically my brother wanted to check out was tsr the people that originally made dungeons and dragons he wanted to like pick up tsr books yeah uh however tsr also published I forget how many magazines about D&D. Dragon Magazine. Dragon Magazine. Which one? Wizard Magazine. Yeah, Wizard. Thank you. Okay, so <clears throat> um, so a vast majority of this three hours? Something like that. Was like, we have Wizard Volume 2 Issue 14 in moderate condition. Starting bidding at $1. Actually, it was more than three hours. Four, you're right. More. Because we got there before we didn't go to the other event we had, which was at 7. And you guys got out about midnight. Yeah, oh my god, you you're skipped fucking right. Yeah, I regret it now. I regret it for you. I heavily the regret it. What the fuck is wrong with you guys? Oh, we <laughs> learned retroactively as Skyjacks that it was popping the fuck off. James D'Amato was there and the creator of Illumat. Like, come on. The fuck are you guys doing? So... That was basically the auction until some cool yeah. shit happened, which but, this we'll get uh, into like, when we diverge. We got, like, I'm I want you to know I almost didn't go to Buck Cherry to play Illumat with you guys. Yeah. And you guys skipped out on Illumat. I would have murdered a I'll bug. explain that when we get into the divergent. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm talking like, so each issue is like that. And I, I get it. People <clears throat> try to collect full magazines running shits. Right, right. Uh, but it was all just like, hey, here's volume one, issue 15, moderate. And they would have like eight moderate copies. And then, and then like, if you were lucky, they'd occasionally bundle like three of the magazines yeah. together to say, hey, here's the, but those, it was like the shitty years. It was not the, yeah. new, it was not like the, the desirable. Not so the shitty years, the shitty months. No, 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 no. A, a couple times you were gone. You were gone. Yeah, no, a couple of times they sold entire years. But that's it was like, here's, sold. here's Dragon Magazine the entire year of 1988. Yeah. But sometimes they would also be like, here's this issue from like 1986 and this one from 89 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just smatterings. The word, the mm. literal definition of the word smattering of all shit that was selling for sub 20 bucks because either condition or it was like later volumes. It was like, yeah. you know, imagine being a comic book thing and being like, here's Amazing Spider-Man uh, 418. Uh, 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 a, t- a Tangled Web Part 3. Here's Death uh, of Superman, fourth printing. Yeah. 
<laughs> not, mm-hmm. not even the one that everyone owns. It's one that like everyone owns goes at fucking Walgreens. Like, yeah. yeah, it has the barcode, not the fucking um, press shit. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like it's like the like, fucking like black bag version. It's just like yeah, the one my mom got this at uh, Walmart, and I dropped it in a puddle. The one where the one where your parent bought it because they're like, oh, I heard Death of Superman was a really expensive comic, but this was only two dollars. Yeah. Or they're like, oh, you like comics? Here's these comics we got from the Dollar General store. Qu- quick, quick diversion. Like I gotta do a fucking tangent. In the place where I grew up, uh, the CVS there, for some fucking reason, they exclusively had Fantastic Four reprints. It's like all the yeah, comic books they weird. sold. But specifically, it was the um, it was the run where Sue was pregnant the second time, so Valerian. Uh, yeah, and just like it was just like her, and it was just like the seventies, and it was just like Marvel. But and it'd be weirdly knowledgeable of Fantastic Four, but it was like the most like fucking worthless ass comics. Just like oh my god, reprints of reprints of worthless comics. Yeah, that time. So we diverge at the auction when I've been sitting there for about an hour, bored out of my mind from Dragon magazines, and we don't actually diverge here. I lied. So it gets to be about seven and me me and chris have an event called play illimat with one shot and illimat is a game made by keith baker and together studios keith baker if i'm remembering correctly is one of the members of the band decemberists also listener i try not to yuck people's yum this game seems really cool you can play this game with a deck of cards and a piece of printer paper yeah and it has some fun mechanics yeah it's not cool but i'm talking like and if the, you were to somehow acquire yeah. a pdf of the rule book Yes, and could like like you could you you could like playing. Hey, clubs are winter, spades are summer. It's it's four seasons. <gasps> yep, and you play it on like this square piece of cardboard. Then like, it's like, actually a cloth mat. They have style. Look. Um, I know what you're saying, Chris, but at the same time, one of my favorite board games I bought this year is a game that you can just play with coasters. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying it's, um, He's not saying bad. It's bad. I'm saying it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, fuck, it's a Gen Con exclusive, whatever. I need to be, yeah. I, need, I need to pick this up now. Like, also, I can uh, just buy Element online if I want to. Yeah. Oh, my, oh, this is a, a cool thing I can learn to play. Like, teach people, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Feet Hort was enjoying sitting, mm-hmm. which Justice will deny, but for various reasons, Justice was exhausted. Exhausted and like was also kind of chill with not moving. I was just like, I was asked Chris if he felt like going. He's like, my feet hurt. I don't really feel like it, but I will. And I was like, if you're not feeling it, man, we can just sit here and like because yeah. the auction hadn't worn me down to the point yet where I was like, I want to kill myself. Yeah. At this point, Justice and I were kind of like checking our phones, resting our like we took turns resting our eyes, yeah, just like that kind of shit. And then we realized we were in the third circle of hell. You know, it got to be about nine thirty, almost ten o'clock. I want you guys to know. Well, you're well, you guys are enjoying the hell that is this early part of yeah. the auction. I at this point was scrumptiously eating a burger that had like a tomato puree paste that was like also made with red chili pepper and yeah on a burger. Fuck you. Continue. Uh, it, was, it was so very good. It was mm-hmm. called the High on Fire. Very nice. very good. So. Uh, Two of this auction, they are teasing that at the end of this auction will be like legitimately impressive, like cool shit you're not going to want to miss out yeah. being able to say that you saw. Like there's been a few small items up to this point that have been like neat, but nothing I care about. So it gets to be about 9, 30, 10, and I'm like, I need oh. to get out of here. Also, I want to put some that background. Yeah. The person we were there like to support and kind of hang out with was continuously bidding on items. Yes. He was. Uh, because he, my brother, uh, Hunter, uh, the, uh, we were there for the auction for, he's very, very passionate about the Ravenloft campaign setting. Uh, so he honestly was just kind of there to pick up old Ravenloft books, like to like display and stuff, like yeah. throwing frames, like, like it's like throwing frames online. Uh, but one of the auction organizers, it turns out, was also collect Ravenloft. 
in the sense of, and he kept making jokes about it. He's like, this is how you should go to an auction. You put your car in the air, you duck your head so you don't hear how much you're going to spend, and you just take home whatever's on the fucking block. And yeah. that's how the eight dudes that kind of run the thing were bidding. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, like, anytime there was a Ravenloft, a, or a Ravenloft adjacent thing on the auction block, he, he was walking home with it. So yeah. my, my, my brother did not get any Ravenloft specific books because that guy walked home with every single fucking one. Yes. So it got to be about 9.30 and I was like, I need to get out of here. I started looking for places to get food because I was like, it's late. I need some food as well. Justice is underselling this. He, We sat there. I, I Listen, I want to say in advance. I had a good time. Right. Like, like Justice was like, was like Justice was not having a good time. And Justice was like, man, listen, I need to leave. I need to get up. His feet did not hurt like mine. He was starting yeah. to not enjoy sitting there listening to people sell old magazines. He um, Also, I was sitting next to Hunter, my brother. Yes. Right. So him and I are having little conversations and talking about like the history and like that kind of thing. Yeah. And I would kind of lean over and kind of tell you, and you're kind of just like, yeah, okay, uh, like, 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 I, I, I get it. Justice, not particularly passionate about TSR for the reasons that I said I wasn't getting yeah. into at the start of this conversation, which is completely <laughs> understandable. Um, and this would be how we're kind of talking. So I was having a good time, just like kind of chill with my brother. And eventually Justice was like, I cannot. Also, the the crowd was, the vibe of some panels that were great. There were the vibe of some panels that were not great. The vibe in the room was not particularly great. It no, kinda, no, it was not. It graded on you. It really did. But it, I, like, by you, the yeah. royal you, me, me as well. I wasn't understating it at that point. 9, 30, and 10, I started looking. I was like, I need to get out of here. So I started looking for food. 10, 30 is about the time I actually left. So, like, after broke. 10 is when I started to get really annoyed. Okay. And I found a White Castle nearby in walking distance, and I was like, it's open 24 hours. It's not good food, but I enjoy it, and I'll shove it in my face. I love White Castle. So, I asked anyone else if they wanted to come, and one of our other party members was like, sure, and join me. So, we set off on about a 15-minute walk to go get White Castles, eat it there, walk back about half an hour, which is about the time the auction should wrap up. Except as I was getting ready to leave, they decided, oh, we're going to take like a 15 minute break because it's we've decided we're going to go late because instead of 10 top items of the night, we're doing 14. So I immediately knew when I got back, the auction was still be going on. It would suck. But <laughs> me and <clears throat> the other guy, we went and immediately we stepped foot out of the hall of the auction. And we're both just like, this fucking auction is the worst fucking thing all weekend. It is killing my entire soul. And we just bitched about it all the way to White Castle avoiding all kinds of fucking construction on the way. And then we got to White Castle. Drive-thru's open, dine-in not. was not listed online. So we're like, fuck. It's insane to me that any restaurant in the Gen Con vicinity would close their dining room early. Like, yeah. At their normal time or even like anything resembling early mm-hmm. when Gen Con is in town. So I pulled up my phone again and I was looking for places and there was a like noodle place, but it was also a bar. And when I was talking to the other guy who is more aware of Indy because he grew up there, I was like, it's like the food's fine, but it's not a great place. And I don't want to have to go in and wait forever to fucking get food from a fucking bar. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I don't either. But we found a food truck just a little bit farther past that. So we went to go find the food truck. We found a food truck. It was not that food truck. That food truck was not there. And we got the greasiest fucking Philly cheesecake I have ever had in my life. We got back to eat at the convention center and at first we were both like we don't think we need bags because they were putting them in bags i opened the bag and pulled the container one side of the container was just grease the bag had a puddle of grease in the bottom of it so it was good um as i stated when i was eating it it's a fine sandwich i need to be more drunk to eat it (laughs) god god i wish i had found that that truck it lubes up the blood because while he's doing that I'm we writing. both had to go and wash our hands after finishing eating. It's why when we all got back together, I was the last one there because I went to the bathroom. I was like, I'll use the bathroom, but I also had to wash my hands 
Because even on the way back after using napkins, my hands were dripping fucking grease. While you were on your adventure for... Grease Quest 2023. For food, I was arriving back to the convention center in my $16 lift instead of my $40 one. Visibly fucked up, dear listener. Yeah, I mean, it was not when I got back. <laughs> Dude, I had to go up steps to get to the convention center because... Motherfucker had thousand-yard stare. Yeah. He's like, I pulled up to that one entrance that has the stairs that go up and then, like, down the hall, and then there's the other hall diagonally from you. I had to go up those steps, and I was like, oh, steps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going higher up, and here's like... Nah, man, that drunk, I would have had them drop me off at the convention center and taken an escalator up. And then... <laughs> Puked. Then Puked. I, I knew I was going to the Marriott, but I got all the way down to the Crown Plaza end before I realized I was going the wrong way. Nice. <laughs> oh, no. I would hate to do that. Turned around. We'll get there. Got back to the Marriott. <laughs> Showed up. I was like, oh, hey, where's Justice and Austin? And I was told that they went to get White Castle. But I was gone. I, these guys were talking about the auction like it was this terrible hellscape. And I was there for like 50 minutes. And it Got was... Got to see exclusively cool shit. And it was, the, it was the coolest single block of 50 minutes outside of System Mastery related stuff. All of Gen Con. Yeah, I wasn't there and, for that. And all of Kuma's. <laughs> Like, outside of Kuma's and Gen- and System Mastery, this 50-minute block, best part of the con. Like, Josh stumbled in to a RPG-themed episode of Pawn Stars. It was like, yeah. so... Dude, shit was... Like, they, they, they brought up the dice. One of the first things that I was there for was a set of dice made purely out of Meteor. Like, out of a Meteor that landed... That was the only dice set from this Meteor... Uh, I was like, oh shit, that's insanely cool. I was like, I wonder how much those are. Like, I know good dice are like a hundred, two hundred dollars. Uh, I don't know, maybe two grand for these things. Six grand. I, I, I still think it went higher than that. I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. I think the Megalodon fossil. So I forget what their name is. I don't care. Um, that had sold right when I walked in the room. I didn't know what that was. But apparently it's, it's, it's an individual that makes highly, highly artisanal dice. Like some of them are tens of thousands of dollars. Um, there's one, a, a man was sitting in front of us bidding on those dice all night. He didn't pick any up. Um, that says he has a set of dice where it was a meteor that the dice man recovered and made 10 sets out of that he numbered. And he knows the location of eight because he owns five. And he says, so far, altogether, he has spent $65,000. Yeah, he knows where AR has murmurings on the 9th and no idea about the 10th. Um, the but, man's a fucking, like, gumshoe investigator from novels. Yes, it's like he's the dice guy. And, like, this was, like, high-end, like, shit. Um, so Megalodon fossil dice sell for, like, 6 k Like, and then this meteorite dice set sell for more than that. I can't even remember. I think it was, okay. like, 10 or... It was somewhere between 10 and 12. It was so expensive. So we'll call it 11. Hmm. Uh, and then other highlights include things such as a silver edition D&D box set, which is to celebrate the 25th anniversary, which my brother got to pick up by sniping it for like 500 bucks under market price. He, it's one of those things where it's like that, that edition is, is people's, um, like onboarding to kind of high end D&D collecting. Uh, and so they got put on the, on the block and he was like, Hey, the guy, the, the auctioneer is like, you know what? You love it. It's the silver box set. Um, but this box set isn't signed, which is like the premium version. There's a yeah. signed version that goes, that, that retail for like six to seven thousand dollars on ebay this is not the signed version yes it is this is kind of like the on-ramp where it's gonna cost you a few hundred at least but like you know that kind of thing uh the last sold on ebay are like consistently 800 uh and he's like hey let's start bidding and the room is silent no one wants this box set finally some guy just plays his hands up and goes uh 200 and the guys and like my brother puts in some third guy and the doctor's like damn 
okay, and it only goes up to three fifty if my brother picks it up. Yeah, like it was honestly. Nuts. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that three fifty beat his reserve, dude. The fir- yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the guy, um, for people the, who don't know auctions, a reserve on an item is if it does not hit this bare minimum number, the seller is not willing to part with it, so it will not be sold. The older gentleman that went, that placed the initial bid kind of spun out, I think, to see who bought it. And saw that it was, like, a, a man in his early 20s and, like, was fucking beaming. It was just, like, excellent buy, sir. Oh, my God. Excellent buy. Um, but it was just, like, it was crazy. Other things, um, TSR, right before the shenanigans of that company happened, issued a financial report, the only one in the company's existence. That way they could supposedly take it public to fund themselves better. Yeah, but it's all hearsay because of what happened, yada, yada. Um, of Dyson Men is an excellent book if you want to check out the full abridged history of D&D and, like, all the shit behind the scenes. Yeah. I highly recommend it. There's a bunch of shit behind the scenes. Yeah, I I forget the author. I read it in college. So, of Dyson Men. So, they were actually participating in satanic sacrifices. (laughs) and the satanic panic was real just in case you're wondering yeah the 80s satanic panic completely correct not overhyped at all (laughs) um but they released this and the only known copies one uh, is in the possession of gail gygax the wife of the man of gary gygax who made dnd um i believe the guy said that a private collector approached gail in the early 2000s with like and i quote a very reasonable amount of money uh and like bought it and he held up a piece of paper and this copy that's found itself here today let me make a fair statement um there is no reasonable amount of money to buy a asset slash tax report no no i I'm, agree- I'm agreeing with you no unless re- you are a businessman looking to buy out another business and you're like and you're slimy about it and you're committing at corporate espionage at that point. yeah exactly but like there's, there's otherwise there's no reasonable amount of money to approach for a tax report so i thought that as well right and i think the and that's why it only went for a few thousand dollars yeah. it was not some crazy da, 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 da. And it's because, one, it's not signed by, like, Gary or anybody like that. It's not, in like, mm-hmm. but it had COA. Yeah. Right? Certificate of Authenticity. Uh, and I think it's solely because of how much drama happened the month yeah. after that piece yeah. of paper was like, printed. I get it. I'm just saying, sometimes people collect dumb fucking yes, things. 100%. Um, but the person paid three grand for the story. That's what, that, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why. That is why. Like, I wish I could drop three grand on a fucking story. Speaking of dropping money on things, um, one of the items I, I think went for like incredibly under market, like what the fuck was, I forget the name of the company, mm-hmm. but it was Lead Figurines okay. of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the original yeah. D&D minis. Yes, they were the the original minis, the, so it was the company that would go on to make the original D&D minis that was the first minis that company ever made. They were the mm-hmm. first like... For miniatures, for miniature collectible collectors, they're considered the first miniature. Yep. Right there, the Holy Grail. Right? They are Disney because Disney likes to throw money at things. Yes, things and made. they were manufactured in Disney parks. Yep. Right? The contract lasted a very short time before Disney was like, hey, listen, we're just going to manufacture our own shit. It was like super early in the park's history, like late 40s. Um, also, literally shortly after signing that contract to make lead figurines, plastic became widely used in the U.S. because that whole industry got built up by world war ii yes um so these are very hard to find especially such as this one which was in shop cellophane which we have learned at the auction shrink, shrink is, is not, not a, a condition, condition but even though at the consignment store which is run by the same people shrink was listed as a condition on one of the items i purchased so we're not getting into any of that um <laughs> but it was in its original from the park from disney shrink yeah right before they made plastic f- figurines so it's in its 
Disney Park shrink and had its still like Disney Park label. Okay. The auctioneer uh collect miniatures and like no the miniature community. And he had a copy, right? He okay. was in an original box, good condition. No plastic, no label. And he was like, It's the holy grail of my collection. Mine went for like a little over a grand. So we, it's the question, how much is Disney shrink wrap worth to you, right? And he said it very snidely, which was great because I don't fucking understand it. Yeah, it was just like He, he made he, several comments like that throughout the night about certain products where he was just like, Oh, this product I'm clearly not a fan of her. Almost like I'm jealous that I don't own this product and I have to pay for it again. Yeah, and it's like one of those things. And it went for like 1300 bucks, and like everyone in the room was kind of shocked. And like, I don't know. I just feel like if that item were like in an auction of Disney collectors. You see, that's the biggest problem. All the Disney people were uh, trapped in the nebulous void that it was the Lorcana line. Yeah, they were uh, too busy trying to, to, to peel that one person that got trampled off the floor. Ayo. No, I think they were just queuing early, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so Lorcana, like, the launch was crazy. People were earning, lining up hours in advance every night. You could line up at 10 p.m. for the booth the next morning at 9. I was going to say, the yeah. Thursday night line, sorry, the night for Friday started Thursday night at like 10.40 because they didn't have that 10 p.m. rule yet. Yes. It's just yeah. 10, 10.40-ish was when the first people got there to start lining up for it. Mm-hmm. And there were people that stayed there for the full 12 hours or so till the next morning. Overnight, waiting for Lurikana. And an orderly queue had formed, right? That, but... An orderly queue formed Wednesday night and they, they closed yeah. it and then trampled it. Well, so Wednesday night, a queue had formed, right? But you can't have a line going across the event center for reasons, right? Uh, so like, hey guys, you like you can't do this. So everyone is kind of clumped together by the door on Thursday morning to get by the Lorcana booth, and someone did get trampled. Like, yep. So then Jinkan instituted lines. They brought out the slidey, stretchy rope things that you clamp onto another one and made a zigzagging queue that took up like half the hallway that they were in. Yeah, it was like a multi-hour wait. Yeah, went as fast as moving because Jinkan didn't think, oh, we have these things we can set up so you can have a line. Instead, just no line. Form a mob at the front of the doors. The, the, the thing about that's Lorcana, also not going to get in people's way like a line would. The thing about Lorcana, though is the sheer fact that they didn't take precautions to prevent that from happening Thursday morning yeah. is insane. Lorcana was so popular that during event sign up, it sold out within the first five ish minutes of yep. going live. Didn't it crash Gen Con's? It crashed the Gen Con registra- event registration system. It delayed um, anybody who had like put stuff in their wish list from resubmitting wish lists. Yep. It, and then there was no limit on how many Lorcana events you could sign up for when it first was launched on the event uh-huh. page. So people signed up for multiple Lorcana events to get extra versions of the starter decks so they could sell them for more money. And then Ravensburger was like, oh, hey, you can only do one. We're IDing you at our table. So if you have more than one Lorcana event on your ticket, you need a... Get that refunded. And if you don't choose one to refund, we will refund one randomly for you. Yep. Instead of, you know, being able to pick and choose your events like you're supposed to be able to. So, uh, Lorcana was a train wreck from the get-go. Yep. That said, after Thursday, the Lorcana line was very smooth and, like, (laughs) and as long as you stayed out of that corner of the hall... It wouldn't affect you. Yeah. yeah. All it took was one person getting absolutely pancaked. Like they, were, they were pancaked like a, by a drunk dump truck driver to like go, okay, actually maybe a queue was a good idea. Yeah. Maybe the nerds who were like defaulting to lining up for something knew what they were doing. And we'll yeah. get to nerds knowing how to, how to treat shit tomorrow during the Saturday recap. But that's how Friday ended with this crazy auction with a bunch of like really cool stuff. Um, yep. The, the, I think my, the item I thought was coolest was um, Gary Gygax. A greasy out, Philly cheese stick. Put out an item. 
that was like the Battle of the Two Towers for Lord of the Rings without consulting the Tolkien estate and just like yeah, that's why Tolkien owns elves and dwarves. Like, like, like if you ever heard like the Tolkien estate actually owns the rights to elves and dwarves, and, and it's because they had to sue Gary Gygax because he was trying to make Lord of the Rings without fucking asking. Like yeah, that is why those lawsuits exist was because of Gary Gygax and like and we're so, talking about before Lord of the Rings was super profitable either, so he probably could have just asked and been like, yeah, sure. Uh, so it's, it's like tiny bit of money, I guess. It's not even a full print of this book, like, like a quarter of a print of this book exists and like a co- uh, that board game exists and like a, a sealed copy was there that was yeah. really cool i think the coolest thing was the meteorite dice that meteorite dice just sound bo- see my issue is i couldn't keep meteorite dice they'd have to be melted down into a pretty pretty space sword mm-hmm. so after the, the auction which ended at midnight we tromped our way over to the marriott got some drinks got well, an just uber. downstairs really yeah well yeah we were upstairs we tromped our way down to the bar got some drinks got an uber got back to the airport went to bed pretty much Saturday, 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 Saturday. Saturday, we split into two groups. There was the three of us and the three other people. We don't need to recap their day because they're not here. Because <laughs> Saturday was a divide and conquer kind of day. We spent majority of the morning playing a tabletop RPG based off the 70s soap opera Dallas with the, yeah. the System Mastery guys. They always do Gen Con events where they uh, get to play. Like they run mm-hmm. one of the um, game, one of the board game, one of the RPGs they've reviewed. And this year they ran two of the RPGs they reviewed. The second was Sentinels in the Multiverse, but we missed that one which makes me incredibly sad because that game's really good and i just really want to play it i will say i'm glad we did get to play dallas though because it was a weird fun time it was equivocally like playing a mega game yeah dallas is like a proto mega game yeah how many players does it support 12 10 or 12 something like that yeah i think 8 to 10 8 to 10 i think 8 to 10 so so it's legitimately like a small scale like not because you can't have a small scale mega game mega games are big that's part of their yeah but it's like a prototype mega game like yeah it's the same type of size of game as like blood on the clock tower typically is. it plays the exact same way as national decision making game just with the assets written on a piece of paper you pick up and dice rolls yeah other than that yeah it was a I was Pam Ewing, I was Bobby Ewing's wife, and uh, Jeff and John, the host, made a fictional Gen Con Dallas scenario uh, where like yeah. a local lake, there's no local lake in Indianapolis in real life, uh, but a local lake, um, the closest one's like, like Griffey in Bloomington. Something like that, yeah. Uh, but... Uh, probably one. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, and like, so my Pam, Pam Ewing thing was, I want there to be Thunderboat races in the lake. So I had to like recruit people to have, make that happen. My, my, it was a role-playing game you can win, which why it feels like a mega game. And multiple players can win. They have separate win cons. Yes. Uh, and it's about controlling assets. So I had to control assets related to that lake so I could convince them, quote unquote, to install lanes for Thunderboat races. And I think out of the eight players that were there... Four or five of us won. Four lost. Four lost, four won. Um, because two of the people hosting this episode of the podcast definitely won their their goals. And then the other one got screwed over by people on the last turn who had no chance of winning. They just decided to drag them down with the entire, them. Hey, listen, those two guys were awesome because the, one, one of them ended up winning. Uh, because the entire time you could tell they were just having a good fucking time. Yeah, they were they were fun. Like, no, no, it was a dudes. great time. Um. I obviously didn't win. Yeah, they didn't, my tone of voice didn't they reflect didn't, that. They didn't spite go, we, they, we no, no, can't no. win. You can't win either. No, it was not a... Yeah, no, it's like, just they had... This it. character, but one that character yeah. that you have, and so I'm also, going to take it. They felt like that for two of the characters, and then the other person who actually took the asset that I had, just seemed like they didn't know what they were doing anymore at that point, because they had been very confused for the entirety of the game. 
So I felt like they didn't actually understand what the wincon was. And they're like, oh, I need this thing to win. They were no, like, they needed like three more assets. I think they were kind of confused because they signed up to play an RPG and they were like, this is a weird board game. Yes. <laughs> and like 100% it is. Yeah. And I signed up to play a weird, weird RPG and I was like, God, I don't want to role play a weird RPG. And then it was like, oh, it's a weird, a weird board, board game. game. And I was like, oh, this is so much more my I'll RPG a weird shit. board game. Holy yeah. shit. Uh, I just like, didn't want to have to do it around weird structural rules that made no sense. I'm like... Oh my god, a board game where I can occasionally say funny things about Thunderbolt, fu- th- the, th- the Marvel characters, the Thunderbolts. Because <laughs> I can occasionally say funny things about Thunderbolts in a falsetto. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I got to talk in a bad southern accent and um, not really have a very self-fulfilling goal. I just wanted my friends to do well, even though that wasn't part of my win con. It was part of the character brief. And then to also do well in their investment, um, which I was doing. Also, as you're uh, as you're playing the game, you can like piece together character motivations, and it's like really cool. Like, it's like for yeah. example, I was Bobby's wife, right? I would get credit if Bobby or the guy that I occasionally fuck, I guess, like Pam yeah. and Cliff, hook up or something. No, Pam and Cliff are brother sister. Who am I thinking? Okay, um, Pam. Then uh, it's her brother biologically, correct? So she also doesn't care if her husband gets oil. If like you end up buying it because she's what gets it. Because- yes. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. Um, so during the quote unquote RP and negotiation part, I could be going in Bobby's ear, being like, or Cliff Josh's character's ear, being like, "I need you to get that oil company because I think yeah, because it's a way for like me to win. Yeah, they also win, but I they don't know that I win that way. I had zero t- stuff to do with yeah. the oil company. However, right, Cliff Sheet doesn't give a fuck about the oil company, so it would be me walking up to him, being like, "Why don't you buy that?" Oil company and him being like because I don't want it. Uh, yeah, or because there are six people fighting for it, and it's easier if I don't. Right? Exactly. And my husband has a brother who owned it at the end, and he gets credit if he, his brother owns it because it's in the family. But I specifically need my husband to own it so I can eventually you yeah. know, kill him and get it, whatever. Da, da, da. Uh, so at the end, he's like, "Good thing my brother has it." And I was like, "Well, Bobby, don't you want that? Don't you want to be the oil boy?" And he's like, "I don't want to be the oil boy." Like he's just yeah. like, you know what I mean. And my, my, as a character, my only goal was to stop a character called JR, who is, in the game, the single most powerful character. Yes. Because the show sets him up as, like, the adversary to everybody else. He is everyone's adversary and antagonist. So, uh, my only goal... He does things for money, and uh, that's all, really, as a character. My primary goal as a character was to stop him from winning, and I didn't do that. He did win, but that's okay, because my win con didn't actually require him to lose. It just required me to do a whole bunch of stuff to to stop him from moving Gen Con to a lake. And yep. making a bunch of native swans go extinct. I stopped him from making the swans go extinct. I win. Yeah. Gen Con is now at a lake near a retirement community that will never be able to support it. Mm-hmm. With thunderbolts. Whereas my goal was to make sure, like my actual win con was to make sure I had enough assets involved in the Gen Con auction. Mm. And I needed one more person to basically be an oiler at my auction. And I had them. And then they got stolen in the last round. But I was the person who went last. Because I would argue, based on stats and ability, my character was actually the weakest. Um, everyone had like a special power or something that helped them. Um, oh, like, yeah. Mine did nothing beneficial for me. It just made me weaker to the Ewings. And there are like six fucking Ewings in that game. Oh, I didn't have any like powers on my, on my script. But like I had 24 investigation for my offense on yeah. investigation. And 24 investigation for a defense on investigation. I had the lowest defense score out of anyone on the table. And then of an it 11. Was, it wasn't the highest oh. score, but it was a 22 on persuasion. Like mm-hmm. It was a pretty strong persuasion stat. Yeah. My stats were good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had the lowest of anybody's defense. Winning felt easy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I was doing perfectly. I was like, when we first started, there weren't a lot of things that I needed, but I would get them because I had a decent investigation and I had a henchman, basically, who was also decent at coercion. 
So I would get things, and then I would just trade them off for things I needed. Yeah, so Justice just mentioned a major mechanic of the game, which is your assets could also take actions. Yes. But you can only take up to three actions a turn, regardless of how many assets you have. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but you use their stats when you're using them, and you use your stats when you're doing it yourself. So, and also when you get assets, sometimes you are dealt them face down, and yes. players have to investigate them to see them, right? Mm-hmm. I was dealt, at the start of the game, a face down asset, which in, in the universe of Dallas is a close confidant of my character, like a friend, yeah. right? The other players needed her, right? Her stats were dog shit. Mm-hmm. So at no point did I ever flip her face up to use to roll to get something yeah. because she was just kind of dog shit. Oh, you didn't have to flip her face up. You just had to show one so, of the people running the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. There's no reason to do so because she yeah. was dog shit. And like, um, as far as investigating her went, nobody like got around it. To... The game was very investigation light after a certain point. I don't know what you're talking about. I investigated lots of things the first two rounds that way i could get assets and That's then i got it. fucked going into round three because of story events i saw my character sheet when we started and it was like you there's these eight things you need five of them and i was like that's so many things how am i gonna get five of them and then the game was like you start with two of them face down you start with two yeah. of them one face down one face up and i was like oh and then i was like it's still a lot i've worked to do i yeah. got to find them and like only one of them was on the board anywhere when we started mm-hmm. and i was like god I, I had to find them i had to find where the other two are I had still to manage to get them, and I only get three actors a turn. And then by the end of turn two, I had four of the five, and I was like, oh, this game's easy. <laughs> by the end of round one, I needed three things. I started with one base down. By the end of round one, I had all three things I needed. And then I... By the end of round two, I had five of the eight things I could possibly need. By the start of round three, I had one thing. And then at the start of round three, I was given a special item from the script, uh, which was a Funko Pop of Mike Merle's... With his head, with his head in shoved, shoved in a toilet. toilet. Yep. And it was a cool card that had a decent power, but like I didn't need it. And the guy next to me had one of the things I needed. And I was like, "Hey, you want? Do you want this Mike Merle's Funko?" He's like, "What do you want?" I was like, "Just that, dude." He's like, "Oh, yeah, sure." Yeah, as long as your character, the things you need to win, because you quickly could key on the items that multiple characters like needed. Right? Like everybody, the mayor was being bounced around like crazy. I grabbed him just to trade him. Yeah, me too. At one point, Human I was trafficking like, is fourth fun at one point like like one person we went back and forth on one character once then he was like there's a different character i need and I, if you he was rping as an old lady uh and if you give me that one i'll leave you alone and it was like flip next and he took it and i'm like if someone takes it i'll i'll take it back for you as my action okay i love it was some dog shit character yeah. only he needed so like no it was fine Honestly, I love that so many people didn't really know Dallas very well, us included. Mm-hmm. You probably knew it the best out of most people there. But the fact that the guy you're talking about was role-playing as an old lady who was a young woman, a youngish woman in the soap opera, specifically younger than your character because they had married into your son's family. Yes. It, it was we, delightful. I think my character was just like in her like late 30s. Late 30s, like, early 40s, I believe. But like had an opera. adult son who also had his own drama. Go, uh, the yeah, best yeah. character was a character from a from a different show from the same pl- programming block that was just not nearly as... Uh, yeah. It was a spinoff of Dallas that was not nearly as popular. But when a character from that show crossed back over, she was so popular, she just stuck in Dallas even when the other show got canceled. Even though she was a teenager yeah. and like... Everyone else was like a like an adult doing crazy shit. She was like a seventeen year old girl from like a. And it's weird because it's like a family. It's a really heavily family drama show, and her dad is like this secret disgraced Ewing brother that like at no point makes a claim for Ewing oil. And it's just like I don't even know my dad's fucking name. It's just like you don't give a fuck about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was Dallas. It was a really fun time. 
And honestly, it was it was great to just play role playing games with System Mastery again. Yeah, it was fun. We we, we played Mermaid. They do a great job. Twenty nineteen running games. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so glad Dallas wasn't as RP heavy as I was expecting it to be. He's like, yeah. I knew based on the review of it that like you play how to play a character from the show. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I'm like I don't want to. I don't want to match these stringent things I have to and probably get penalized because a lot of like LARP or role heavy role play things like that have penalties when you don't role play something correctly. Yeah, but it was, it was fine. Especially the really old ones. Like Dallas would be. Yeah. yeah, we finished that up, and then we all. Went it was kind of a, one of the brief lull moments. We had like two and a half ish hours before you had to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. so we went and got dice. We, we shopped for high end. We're turbo nerds. Shopped for some high end dice. I got some handmade polished glass dice. I got polished obsidian dice with like a rainbow foil texture on the numbers and they're very pretty filigree around the numbers. Very pretty, very pretty dice. Um, I'm never buying another set of dice again in my life because these were expensive enough to be ten other sets of dice. Yeah, so did you get dice? I wasn't with you guys. No, you like walked for a few minutes and peeled off and like peace. Yep, yep. Oh, uh, we got dice. Then after dice, it was food time. Well, well, we got dice. I got justice of hair dice. A set of dice. Yes, yeah. because we found these little acrylic dice that were really, really cute and they had little things inside of them yeah like but actually this was the day where we briefly went back to the consignment store right after and i bought my books and chris bought his books yes um so that's that's really the white wolf auction there was a man that was buying books like devil market price for some fucking reason Mm -hmm. and justice got little elephant dice yeah and at the consignment store i bought exalted second edition um dragon blooded book the exalted second edition lunaris um supplemental book i bought a exalted scrolls book which is just filled with different exalteds of different lineages as pre-made characters which is fantastic and I bought an unopened character sheet pad. That's It's just a bunch of character sheets for the game in a little pad form. And fun thing I didn't know about Exalted Second Edition, a lot of uh, World of Darkness character sheets have like a watermark on the back of like the game logo underneath, set underneath it all. But the watermark on the Exalted character sheets are their... Um, oh, house? I, Is it called house? No, I don't remember what it's called. It might be... It's not called clan. Sphere? Bloodline. No. <laughs> Tribe? No. School? No. Uh... Lineage? No. But anyways, it's... House. Yep, that's it. But so you have cast. It's their cast. Oh, okay, the cast. I I was thinking court because of the changeling game. So I I was about to... So they all have their cast on the back. So you have like Dawn cast twilight cast and whatever and he uses that symbol on the back of the watermark which i thought was neat that's cool hell yeah and then you guys went and did your dice shopping and i went on a quest to find a bathroom i'll get to piss quest later do you want to you want a bathroom quest or can i finish dice shopping first you can finish dice shopping and then a bathroom quest. okay so is I'd... the bathroom quest a story that we haven't heard yet yeah Ooh. yeah so uh a thing occurred <laughs> while we were dice shopping i found my really nice obsidian dice really early in our shopping bottom was done and so i stopped at the independent like publisher booth checked some of their stuff out well chris and the rest of the group was looking for his dice i was very indecisive and then caught back up with the group and then right after i caught back up with the group i saw an artist over an artist alley because we were right next to the area where the, all the artists were um his his name is tyler wadpool wadepool or anyways tyler w pool yeah um and tyler warpool washing machines but i'm sorry (laughs) uh he had this big piece of art in front of his booth that was based on a book of a series of books that you have heard me talk about before called the dresden files we reviewed the tv show Mm, jim butcher's dresden files and it was a new interpretation of the first cover of the book because the covers do not accurately match the descriptions of any of the characters and i saw it and i was like oh god that's so cool Mm -hmm. and then i looked at the price tag i was like oh god that's 85 dollars and then i was like i don't know if i'm gonna buy it so i caught back up with the group and then i immediately caught back up with the group 
turned around, went and bought it. Yeah. I mean, you did just sell magic cards. I was like, I'm buying it. It's mine. And then I found out that because it's a reimagining of the first cover, this artist is doing a complete series of all 18 books. And mm-hmm. they're coming out once every three months, so I have... And apparently the guy was in contact or friends with Jim Butcher, and they've talked about re-releasing the books with those discoveries, Yeah, said. because he's a big fan of the Dresden Files mm-hmm. series. And the art isn't just signed by the artist at the bottom. It's also signed by Jim Butcher. Which is so, dope. And it comes with a certificate of authenticity and... It's just very nice. It's one of a limited 350 printed series. I, I'm i in love with it. It's so good, guys. Yeah. Then it was uh, food time. It was food time, but Justice had a bathroom trip in Big Oh, I forgot. Shit, yes. So I started off at the Regency, I believe is where we were for our game. Uh, we were at the Marriott. We were at the- Marriott First Floor. Yeah, yeah we were okay. at the Florida room. So I went upstairs and the bathrooms were closed. Mm-hmm. So like, that's fine. I'll walk into the convention center. So walking through the convention center. I'm not going to go to the bathroom on the first floor. They're always full. They always smell horrible. So I went up to the second floor. Every bathroom I went to was full. Saturday it was very very busy it sold out Eighty-five thousand people i ended up on the other side of the convention center still couldn't find a bathroom went over into a different hotel actually i think i looped because i ended up at the westin the westin's down at the end of the hall past the yeah i, I yeah. looped the, okay. like, the first floor got back to the westin both their bathrooms were closed so i was sitting and i was waiting and there was another guy just sitting there waiting i get into the bathroom before him and i'm using the bathroom and stuff and as i'm getting to go out he asks me if i'm the guy there he's looking for because he's cruising he has an app up on his phone third party internet like web app i don't know that someone has recently logged that as their location for cruising and that's what he was there for and i was like what like i am perfectly aware cons filled with all kinds of like sexual meetups and stuff people right. do that dragon con is notorious for how yeah. much sex happens that but i was not just expecting after my journey my harrowing journey of like 30 minutes 45 minutes to try to find a fucking functioning bathroom to just be like, yo, are you are you, are you here to hook bathroom. up? You no, found you found the fucking bathroom. I did, yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, um, no, but good good luck with that. And I left. H- have fun. Because um, I am very ace. And I was like, also, I was like, I'm not sure if this is a compliment or not, because like it's anonymous, but also you still approach me. Like, I don't, am I supposed to feel complimented? Are you or am I approaching just me? I'm pretty sure he, the app he had was Grinder Justice. No, I've oh. seen Grinder. This was like a location-based map. Oh, wild. Yeah, and they had like a bunch of little profile pictures. Some of them were just like gray silhouettes and others were pictures you can take on your phone and upload as your profile. That's yeah. wild, dude. And then I left, walked the hall a bit more, and then found the Skywalk to go to my next event and chilled there. You talked about, you stopped at the consignment shop because we did, because we we come out of the Florida yeah. room at the Marriott and we just went upstairs to the consignment shop. Yep. And that's where I bought all my consignment shop stuff yes. because I bought a bunch of stuff there too i'm not gonna get really into deep on my con hall i mentioned the exalted stuff because i love exalted oh yeah because i think we're gonna post some con hall pictures on twitter and instagram after this episode goes live Woo! social (laughs) media engagement now that i've bought those cowboy hats i'm buying pilot hats we're starting a tiktok let's go so i guess after that i love the food oh yeah we we got food food I only mention that because by the time we got to the, the food trucks, I can carry my backpack, which is loaded down. I have a bag full of games in my other hand. So I have one hand. And I'm trying to eat and drink at the same time. It was not a fun time. On the food bit, I got a soft pretzel and some cheese. Not, no, I went to a gas station. <laughs> Wild. I got. It was cheaper. I got a drink. I got some taquitos and I got a pack of cigarettes because the auction killed me the night before. I got island noodles. Yeah, so island noodles, if you've been to any kind of event in like probably most of the Midwest, mm-hmm. like Central Midwest. Definitely if you've been to any type of convention in Indianapolis. Yeah, I'll both like I don't went to like a music festival in Chicago and they go there. It's like a very large chain of food trucks. If you've been to any like convention type thing, you've probably seen island noodles. I try and get them every year because they're cheap and yummy. Uh, that's what I get. Also, this year because it was the same price as, like, oh, I'm sorry, it was for like $2.00 
fifty cents more than what you get for like a twenty ounce Coke in the convention center. There was like a drink trailer outside selling forty four ounce drinks with like a soft drink and other flavoring syrups added to them. I just want you to know how insane this soft drink truck was because they had Red Bull at eleven dollars for forty four ounces. Ridiculous. I looked at it and I was like, I could kill myself with Red Bull today. <laughs> you didn't hear it from me, but you can buy a forty four. It's called the Zombie, and it's forty four ounces of Pepsi with orange flavoring, coconut flavoring, and lime flavoring. And you can add a bunch of rum to that, and it's really tasty. And I've heard rumors that it will get you absolutely fucking plastered. Just like real, <laughs> real, real drunk. I have heard rumors. I've heard the legends. Yeah, yeah. Rumors so, indeed. So yeah, we're out of the we're out of the block party. I have a bag of games in one hand, art and a backpack. I forgot the fact that I was carrying a bag with art in it too. It was a good time. And you had to go to an event. Yes, I had an event over in Lucas Oil Stadium. It was for an RPG called Dread, which is a tabletop game where you use a Jenga tower instead of any dice and it's all improv role playing. So, it's fun because it's just role playing and Jenga. And the Jenga tower is a horror element, so like as stuff happens in the game, you try to do stuff. The more dangerous it is, the more blocks you have to pull. The tower falls over while you're pulling, your character dies because it's a horror game. It's yeah, so you're not going to yeah it's meant to simulate like horror movies and stuff but we were playing a horror version of the hangover of the movie the hangover yeah but before that i got there i had like 40 minutes to spare 45 minutes to spare so i'm downstairs and lucas and i was like mm, gonna go get a pretzel uh, i know i'm sorry i was like mm, gonna go refill my cup because gen con has these collector cups you pay 15 dollars for yes and then for a dollar you can refill them at any time mm-hmm. as long as you're waiting in line so not literally any time but went to refill my cup refilled it i didn't tell justice this i talked to chris about this that okay um um, the guy who did my refill in Lucas Oil was 100% straight up just a real world version of the character from New Girl, Nick. It oh. was literally just Nick. Nice. Uh, I mean, I didn't mention it, but the lady at the food truck I got on Friday night was either the highest person I've ever met or has literally never slept in her life. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, I got my drink and I walk over to like this table, set my bag down, put the lid back on my drink with the straw in it. You should take those off to get refilled. Yeah. And... I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know what sounds really good? One of those soft pretzels. So I sling my bag back over my shoulder. I walk back over to the window, but the guy, I'm not, I can't get to get into the, the Nick's line yeah. because he's got people now. The register next to him is open. So I get step, step up there and I go to buy a pretzel with cheese. You're buying one from Schmidt now, I assume, right? Um, <laughs> No, I wish. I'm sitting there ordering my stuff and like they're getting my pretzel and Nick looks over at me. He's like, what, did I mess up on your drink? I was like, dude, it was a coat, no ice. You, you literally couldn't mess up, man. <laughs> I mean, you could have put ice on it. He's like, he's like, oh no, it's just been that kind of day, man. Yeah, understandable. Then, like, vibe. That was correct. Then the person I bought the pretzel from, the pretzel and cheese from, hands me the pretzel. And I'm standing there for like a solid two minutes. And I'm like, where's my cheese at? And he's like, oh, you didn't buy cheese. Cheese is two fifty a piece for this yeah, pretzel. But... The pretzel is four fifty. And I was like, I did. I paid seven dollars. He's yeah. like, no, you didn't. And he pulls up the thing, reprints the receipt, and he's like, I need a cheese cup. Yeah. Yeah. So then I went back downstairs, ate my cheese cup and pretzel, and uh, went to play Dread, which was a lot of fun. Our host was a very Canadian man who now lives in Louisville, Kentucky, and runs a podcast called Monster Game Night, where they play an actual play of World of Darkness. Nice. And he had the weirdest Canadian accent I've ever heard, because most of it sounded like American English, which is very yeah, similar. Common. But every time he said the name Ryan, there was no N. He said, Raya, Raya, Raya. And I was like, what the fuck's a Raya? <laughs> <laughs> How do I write this name down? How do you spell Raya? Araya? start Araya. <laughs> Araya, I think you're mispronouncing Aria, and that's Game of Thrones stuff, man. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, game was a lot of fun. Uh, he gave out like a little care package, which consisted of a beer koozie or just a koozie in general, can yeah. koozie, a Rice Krispie treat. Okay. And a granola bar and some like little things to sign up for contests and like follow yeah. his podcast. And it was cool. Nice. I died halfway through the game, fell down an elevator shaft, landed on my pet monkey. Pet mm. monkey died. Monster. It wasn't my pet monkey. I woke up with it on my chest. I was naked, but I had a monkey. So still, you're a monster. You killed a monkey. I did not kill a monkey. Gravity killed a monkey. Gravity killed a monkey. Gravity killed a monkey. Yeah, but no. the gravity only killed a monkey because he was unaffected by gravity. No, it's I, like if he pulled as, the trigger on a gun. Like the I'm GM not going to blame like, the gun. The GM was like, you know, the monkey hardly ever dies. People mostly adopted it, like make it like the mascot of the party. And somebody pointed out, the he we didn't kill the monkey. You did that when you decided he landed on his back instead of his face. Yeah. <laughs> monster <laughs> but yeah that was fun after dread during dread i just drunkenly wandered around that's all i did i didn't do anything yeah because dread was from 5 to seven thirty. Mm-hmm. uh at seven thirty, i just i don't remember what i did at i know what seven, i did at seven at seven me and justice went to see sky jack's live which was fantastic. Oh, that's right. I, I, I went immediately from Dread to finding the rest of the group. That's what it was. Makes yep. sense. Yep. So uh, we went over to Skyjacks Live, which which was a live show of Campaign Skyjacks, that podcast we mentioned earlier, hosted by James D'Amato. It was James the Tomato. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Vibes in the rooms were immaculate. Yep. And he had two of the characters from the show with him. He had Captain Ormavell, played by Nathan Blades, and Jonathan Kessler, played by Tyler Davis, with him. And it was just a great time. It was mainly a story exploring the background of... Uh, uh, Ormar Vell because he is the newest character technically by which I mean he's been around since the first episode but only has a PC as of recently and it also had Jeff and John I didn't go to this event yeah they, they showed up and just sat in the crowd yeah I didn't I thought they were actually part of the event no they, nope. sat in the, they just sat in the crowd wild Claire was also there in cosplay I heard that Claire was there I didn't yeah. I, I thought Jeff and John were part no. of this Claire was cosplaying as one of the characters from campaign but not campaign Skyjacks campaign back when they did their Star Wars stuff she cosplayed as a I believe if I remember correctly character is like a Sith adversary they had for a bit so Justice and Chris ducked out of this event a little early which made Justice cry but we had to because we had this was our only opportunity all weekend for the entire six of us to cross the city of indianapolis and go to kuma's burger bar together it's fine they were recording it and apparently they didn't wrap it all up in the live thing so they're going to continue on with it so i'll get it eventually on my patreon page but yeah so we all went to kuma's we had a Google has an ability to check into restaurants before you get there. Yes. Some restaurants opt into it. Very useful. We checked into Kuma's way before we left Gen Con. And by the time we got to Kuma's, there were still six people in front of us. We had a 40-minute wait when we got there. It was about a 30-minute wait. Ended up being... Yeah. But... It's amazing. Yeah. My favorite favorite. restaurant on the planet. So Kuma's is a metal-themed burger bar. Where all the burgers are themed around metal bands or song titles. Yes. Um, There is a menu you can always get, but they also have a cycle of drinks and a burger that changes monthly. Mm -hmm. Every time I just get the burger of the month, this month was no different. It was the Cairo Jag, which was named after a local indie metal band, if I remember correctly. And the Cairo Jag, I have a thing for what was all on it. So do I. It was... Golden raisin steak sauce, yes. cinnamon toast crunch butter, two slices of white cheddar, fried Brussels sprouts, mini blooming onions. Yes. Which just sounds like the weirdest fucking smattering of ingredients, mm-hmm. which is why I got it. And then it's the perfect of your choice, whether that be a 10 ounce beef patty, chicken, or a impossible burger. Yep. This sandwich, obviously, because of the cheddar cheese and the butter, is not vegan, but they have a ton of vegan options. I have a good friend who's vegan, like, oh, and she great. goes all the time. It's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and we all got very drunk while eating at Kuma's. Oh, uh, yeah, yep. so like, they had, like, I, I was like, I'm not gonna drink. I don't want to spend money on, on that much alcohol. Blah, 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 blah. And they had Long Island Buckets. 
buckets. Bought himself a draft and then a Long Island. For they had buckets for thirteen dollars. And I was like, Well, I'm actually getting absolutely blitzed at this Kumas. Yep. <laughs> I had a pair of mixed drinks. I had a drink called a Witch's Dance, which is just a modified Moscow mule. It had Serrano syrup and cucumber water. It was mm. very I tried a sip. I love cucumber. Very good. The Serrano syrup adds a like perfect amount of spice and then the cucumber water helps like wash it down from your mouth so it just leaves a nice tingle that, in your yeah, throat. That spice on that drink and then the after it was so good. Mm-hmm. I had a barbed wire which is a variation on the Mexican mule and then I also which had... Which is far inferior to the Moscow mule because tequila is bad. Okay so in general you're right Moscow mule is superior to the Mexican mule but I don't know if it's just because tequila is worse. Yeah. That's, that's a different argument what i will say is i also had an i knew you were trouble which i had the night before i don't even remember what's all in the i knew you were trouble what i can tell you is it's, it's very yummy. it's very pink comes with cherries and it's named after a taylor swift song very good drink it's good i didn't personally buy one i did try it but i didn't buy one because i was eating a hearty meat heavy meal and i was like i need something not sweet but savory what i will say is the drink you had the witches dance or, the witches dance was the exact thing i was hoping for on my the cider i had the previous night which was mm. a mango jalapeno sauce cider yeah Mango habanero side. I looked at getting that and was like, nah. And like, it was good, but it was like just spicy. Uh, like, so. And then I also grabbed a Black Widow's cider. The burgers were perfect. It's my favorite restaurant. And it's flawless because the location in Chicago. Get there if you fucking can. But we walked in there at like 10. We were seated at like 1030, right? Yeah, and they closed at 11. And they closed at 11. And like, we've all worked service industry jobs. Like, and various people in our group had like, and it's just like, we felt like we knew we were going to be an inconvenience. Wait, so. yeah. I, will, I will say we sat down at like 1015. So. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was there. That's yeah, it was. It was a. It was a little better, like, but not not great. They're fucking busy, and um, there were six of us, so you know it's gonna take a while. So we there's obviously me to buy the staff a drink. So we we made sure to do that, and we were just like, you know, we made sure to pay all six of us paid cash on one ticket when we yep. told the waiter I had never seen a happier looking man in my entire life. And then he's we like, just, how are we split it up? Like one ticket or paying cash, make it easy. And then we just oh did, my god! <laughs> and then we just did that thing where you stack plates, but we did it in the way that actually helps the kitchen because you can stack plates wrong if you're cleaning up after a meal at a restaurant just throwing that out there I, I do want to hold up and give justice his props it was him that suggested buying drinks for the kitchen yeah I will say I saw that on the menu the night before and was like we're doing that tomorrow yeah and then I was like way too drunk to remember <laughs> thinking that until you bought drinks I was like oh yeah I was gonna do that yeah <laughs> I was just gonna buy it by myself but I was like I'll ask if everyone else wants to ship and everyone's just like yeah fuck yeah Put on the ticket. And the guy was like, yeah, Indy's a convention town. You can tell the kind of people we always love when Gen Con comes in because nerds are so efficient. And like, it was just like the best. He comes back and he goes, hey, we're from Chicago. And it's, it's a tradition there like to do shots of Malort with people. And so it's like, like you guys have been super chill. So uh, the kitchen decided to get you shots as well. And they got you shots of Malort. Yeah. The best part was awesome was the bathroom when this happened. Yes. And we got back to the table and we're like, oh yeah, they bought us shots. He's like, oh cool, of what? We're like, Malort. He's like, oh, those fucking bastards. God damn them. Like, he's like, why would they fucking do And like, so the way I was like, oh, so you've had it. And he's like, yeah, no fucking shit. Uh, like, oh, uh, my brother couldn't take it. He like, he like, his like tongue touched it. He's got real sick off shots. Uh, and he was just like, can't, no. I, I so Justice did fucking two? Justice did two? It was a bad idea. It I was legit, disgusting. I've legitimately almost died from shots. I can understand that. <sighs> but also, now now that I've done some research and understand what the more lore shots and like the tradition behind it in Chicago comes from. Yeah, it makes sense. Fuck Hunter, he's a coward. You heard me, Hunter. The point of sharing the lore shots like got really started in like the 1950s during the Red Scare. Yeah. And it was kind of like a way of being like, hey, 
hey, we're both on the right side of right, right? It eventually just grew into a thing of being like, I can trust you, right? Like, yeah. you'll you'll do this Malort shot, we'll both suffer, but we can trust each other to be like, rely on each other. Now, I think Hunter makes it up by doing the thing that I'm just not going to mention on the podcast while we're waiting for the Uber. I would agree. Oh, yeah, 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 Listener, that's a secret for us. But it was, we're hanging out, we do the shots in Malort. Look, Hunter also had the cruising app installed, and so did the waiter, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, he did not. He's a married man. I love you, Emily. Uh, but, um, really, shots of blood were fucking dying. I am so ungodly fucked up. We call an Uber. The waiter's fucking awesome. We tip them graciously for... It was well after 11 at this point. Yeah. And when we're packing up, a different waiter looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, hey man, look out for the Malort shits. And I was like, <laughs> I took one shot. And he's like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, man, look out. Reader? I'll come back later. <laughs> uh, I said reader instead of listener. But we're waiting for the fucking Uber. We get in the Uber and it's an XL and we open the doors and the driver, who's chill as fuck, we're all big dudes. He immediately goes, uh, smaller guys who want to get in the back. And those three guys get in the back, three big dudes cram in the middle, and we're smushed in. And I just go, and we're smushed in here like, dough, three big old grain-fed Midwest boys. And the driver just fucking lost it. And he was super chill, and it was so fucking funny. We chatted the entire drive back. It was super nice. We watched a guy fail to step on a skateboard. He ate <laughs> shit. Um, we learned about him mocking a skateboarder in New York City. Yeah, it dude. was great. <laughs> no, I told him this right now. You get, um, that is a tradition at IU in like the sixties to hip check people off of bikes into creeks when they were driving on the bridges when they weren't supposed to on the on the pedway. Yeah, just like shit like that. I get back to the hotel, pass the fuck out. Right, I play pass out. I wake up on Sunday. Sunday. Now, I do need to rewind back to Saturday because there was one point after we bought dice, we're leaving the convention center to go get food. Okay. And I get stopped on my way out just because I'm like, I slowed down when we passed the Zombie Orpheus booth. Okay. Because I love Zombie Orpheus Entertainment. They yeah, made a neat. series of movies called The Gamers, which is some of the best like D&D nerd comedy that's ever mm-hmm. been made. And I get slowed down at the booth and this woman running the booth stops me and she's like talking about the gamers. We, we were vibing on the gamers talk because yeah. gamers is a great movie. And she's like, hey, they're doing a live show tonight. You should come. And I was like, got dinner with my friends. And she's like, oh, no, I totally get it. I got another show tomorrow. It's not the gamers, but. It's this show called Incognito's Incredible Adventures. And she's like, the entire cast is going to be there. And there's an improv segment. And it's like, oh, cool. So I, I like immediately signed up for that. I was like, this sounds good. I have nothing going on yeah. Sunday. It's six bucks to go to the show. Gen cons about the events. Go to events you normally wouldn't go to. If it sounds vaguely interesting, you know you should go. Now, here's the thing I found out on Sunday. There was an improv event with the cast for Incognita's Incredible Adventures. However, it relies on having previous knowledge of the show to enjoy the improv. Yes. I've never seen the show up until Sunday. However, that's not the event I signed up for. I signed up for the event after that because they did both these events three times across the weekend, which was the full cast of the show singing along with the full four episodes uh 80 minute tv show it's on amazon prime for six dollars you can go buy the whole season or for no money and just keeping up with the podcast you can that's right i'm gonna spoil it hear it on our next review at least part of it yeah. i was about to say man i wish there was a podcast i could listen to the mood may have to you the first half of this four episode show to let me know if i should give her a yeah peep. not the show we've reviewed the most of though that still belongs to gunpowder, gunpowder. <laughs> 
two, two or three, three episodes, episodes. Uh, you can get 60 percent of the experience by listening to co-pilots but yeah so i didn't go into that but that was the only event anybody had on sunday right like yeah we'll, I, we'll get to yeah that. you asked other people if they wanted to go and because you thought it was an improv musical we were all just like nah that doesn't also, sound I, my uh, speed i had other friends to meet up on sunday yeah. so i'll get with i plan on meeting up with them for a bit and i also planned on looking at the vendor hall more because sunday is and hear this correctly quote normally unquote the slowest day we'll get to there because there's something we have to take care of at the hotel that was happening in the background this entire time listeners okay so we stumble back to the hotel shit-faced thursday night yeah so this is saturday night saturday night night. also happens saturday night it also happens saturday night so i'm gonna go to check it right so we wake up it's check out the next day right because we need to get some sort of reimbursement for the fact that our room would have a waterfall of gray sludge okay so our bathroom yeah our bathroom and not over the counter or anything against the wall it was it was as out of the way as it could be, but yeah. it was it was not directly in front of the door. Nevertheless, and at random intervals and not a great time. A small half ceiling tile would just plap onto the floor, and a bunch of water and gray sludge would bloosh out into our bathroom yeah. because there was obviously a water leak somewhere up in the hotel. And it was leaking and leaking in our room, and that tile was the first non-water type thing it met. Right? It happened. We were there for like we were there for like maybe like three or four hours on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time it happened was Thursday when we went and they took their nap, and I, yeah. we had Panda Express. We were sitting there eating Panda Express, and suddenly I hear what I think is the shower running. running. Yeah, and like my first thoughts are one of two things: either somebody's been in our hotel room this entire time with us and has just decided to take a shower, about to get shivved, or we only didn't pay the premium price to have ghosts in our hotel room. Yeah, because. So what else is going on? And I go in the bathroom and like it's just water coming down the wall in the ceiling. Yeah. The uh, the gray sludge is just the sheer volume of dust yeah. that the water would pick up and then dump on and traveling between floors and would dump into our room. So we sprint down to like the front desk and like, hey, ceiling's well they leaking. do. I partially clean it up. Yeah, ceilings leaking. We need towels. We need maintenance. Da, da, da. And the hotel's like, holy shit! And they got more towels. Got maintenance. Right. I will say every time the hotel responded, they, they responded res- quickly, and properly, adequately. and yeah. adequately. Yeah. Hotel fucking amazing. Good time. Staff amazing. The renovations and the leaks, not great. But also Crown Plaza, as a rule, let's not try to do renovations during the time of year that makes Indianapolis the most money of any four-day period in Indianapolis. Gen Con makes yeah. more money than the Indy 500. Like, and the Brickyard 500. Mm-hmm. But that's it's not the smartest way to handle things. Just my two cents. I'd be curious in like, not the total of non-Super Bowl games. But we did that every time it happened, because it happened multiple times a day all weekend. I think a minimum of two times a day. Yeah, minimum of two times a day. At one point, it happened and i was just like no fuck it i'm not we're just tallying it and i'm, I'm not going down the desk right now yeah that happened two times actually once when we were all awake and then yeah. when i got done with my bath because i could sit down in the bathtub so but most of the time so they had, they had numerous work orders and there was a, a language barrier between us and maintenance so they would come out of the bathroom and be like hey it's fixed and i'd be like no it, it's further up it's not fixed it's further up you, it's on our pipes it's yeah you said you fixed it yesterday that wasn't the case i trust that you did an adequate job yesterday which would imply it's farther up in the fucking the, but, he, he was like, pipes no leak. I was like, yeah, yes, yes, uh, no leak, water up. Like, leak water up, like, up, up, up. And he was just like, yes, yes. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so we kept having it, we kept doing it. So Sunday, we go to check out. Can I tell you the worst part of this whole experience? Like, I know water falling on the floor is inconvenient and a slip hazard, and, like, I'm glad nobody got hurt. But the literal worst part about this whole thing is every time maintenance came to the room, they turned off the, the fan on the air conditioner and then set yeah. the temperature back to 76 fucking degrees. Who keeps their thermostat? at 76 degrees especially in a small room 
holding six people. Yeah, well, they, they thought there were only four there. But still. <laughs> but, so, sorry, Crown Plaza, Indianapolis, Indianapolis Airport. Yeah, sorry, man. But, so they, they told us to come the next morning to get some kind of refund, right? We walk downstairs, right, to check out. Everything's packed up. And we're just, it's a Sunday. And the other three in our group are leaving. Yeah, they're like, hey, we feel like it's we're, we're done. We're just going back home. Us, we're going back to the convention center. And we like, hey, talk to the first lady. Hey, we need a refund. Oh, can we, are points okay? No. no. We don't travel and we don't stay at hotels. Yeah. No. Uh, and they're like, okay. And so she turns to like the actual manager and the manager walks over and goes, hey guys. And she was busy. And then she notices who it was. The people who've been asking towels for bare minimum twice a day for four days. And for uh, maintenance to go up and check the room. Bare minimum twice a day for four days. And she goes, oh shit. Yeah. One second. And like, she saw all the work orders we had put in, like, you know, cover your ass. And like, she was like, yeah, one second. I, I have to find the codes. Like I, you know, hotels are stingy. She's like, I normally don't get to use like the actual refund codes. And like, she had to look them up and like, we got refunds. We got a small refund. It was all good. Yeah, we're uh, home for one night, I believe. I also yeah. want to be clear: I would never take recompense from a hotel or airport in the form of points, simply because that yeah. locks you into using that hotel or airport in yeah. the future. And it's a hotel or airport chain at the bare minimum that you've had issues with. Yeah. The breakfast you got, you got for some rooms came with vouchers for a free breakfast buffet, and I was oh I guess they have a continental breakfast, but they charge people for it. That's fucked up. Oh no, they have like a full restaurant style breakfast yep. buffet. Like it was like nice. Yeah. But Sunday we head back to the convention center. Josh went to in- Incognita. I met up with two couples. I have two separate couples that are friends, and we I, it was their first Gen Con ever. They had a one day pass. Sunday was fucking slammed, busier than yeah. Sunday has ever been. I in, did. A I brief... think it was the longest I saw the will call line the entire time, you, which was uh, crazy. I don't know if the will call. I think the will call line got longer at one point because yeah. at one point it was down in the tunnel path like not lucas oil tunnel but like the tunnel outside where the overpasses okay yeah. it was down past there it was nearly at the block party essentially yeah this time it was all inside because it was raining and it was the most crowded it's ever looked yeah i will also add before i went to incognita i did browse the vendor hall a little bit because i picked up wander home oh, oh yes, yes. Like, wander home is a great game by j dragon that you should check out also i bought i don't do jewelry especially wrist jewelry because i used to have great big wrists. oh yes uh, but saturday after we split up i wandered around found them again after passing a booth that i thought chris would enjoy because it's world of darkness stuff yeah it's by the night studios they do like the live action world of darkness larp stuff and they have world of darkness themed jewelry i'm not big on jewelry right i have recently a year and a half two years lost 130 pounds so yay uh so my wrists are no longer i can now support i can now support wrist jewelry and there's their first piece of official world of the apocalypse jewelry and it's a like stainless steel wrist torque and it's just like really cool and it's heavy on my wrist and it feels good clanking around yeah and Sunday we after that we just hung out with friends right yeah like, hung with friends they, they picked us and stuff. I have a friend that's super into Magic the Gathering it's how we met he got to pick up some cool foils from a magic booth I have some friends I met in high school they were picking up some souvenirs for their kids that was really cool and then we went with the Magic the Gathering a couple friends got Chinese Asian Japanese fusion food from my restaurant yep walked to a park to eat it Josh got to end Gen Con and this is like how we started Gen Con by being accosted by a homeless man Josh got to end Gen Con by stepping in a homeless man's human shit just instead in human shit as we went to go to a park to eat. Look, I don't want to assume it was a homeless man. That's true. It could, I, been, it could have been a rational businessman in downtown Indy who got off of the office building behind it and was like, I need to defecate. Oh, and no, like sat on the bench and shat. I'm 50-50 on teenager or homeless man. Okay, fair enough. Oh, yeah. There are drunk college students. There's a bunch of college housing for ooey pooey right there. Yeah. But yeah, we did that and then finally got back to this place at like what, fuck, like two in the morning last night. Yep. yep. And that's when Shen Khan ended. Two in the morning last night. It was a time. It was. It was indeed. I had a, I had a fucking blast. I, I will say the Chinese Asian fusion we try to stop and get was completely booked up because apparently Games yeah. Workshop Games War- Workshop the creator of Warhammer 40k rented uh, the entire restaurant out they rent it out every year for all the vendor staff on the Sunday every year 
and their demo staff and their room yeah, staff. Yeah, all their game workshop staff that went to the con. They rented out every year when we just like stumbled upon it dick first. And uh, apparently, according to our associate that took us there, never busy. Never busy. Yeah, she, uh, our our friend Corinna, Corinna Max, if you listen to this, I love you, yeah. shout out. Corinna was like, yeah, I, I frequent this place. It is never this busy. That was a deciding factor in suggesting it. <laughs> But we ended up ordering food from there. Yeah, they, they were fine with us asking I for went, it to go. Can I, like, take it to go? The guy went, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was fine. Like, initially, he was very much like, uh, okay, no, you definitely, there's no room. And hey. the other DoorDash orders were still being placed and shit. And I was like, wait a second. Yeah. Because at first, he seemed very reticent to help us in any way. And then we saw the DoorDash orders and he was just like, to go. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. And then we took the order to a War Memorial Park. Where Josh stepped in shit. And I had to wash my f- foot off in water sprinklers. Then we drove home and passed the fuck out. After what? We, I, me and Justin did get to watch Incognita. It was fun. It was cute. Yeah. Very, um, you could tell. It was, it was very indie. You could tell. But they had some good effect choices. Yeah. And the songs were pretty fucking great. There are, a couple, there are a couple solid bangers in the show. And a couple stinkers. And there's a there's a uh, real Dr. Horrible vibe oh, yeah. peppered throughout it. Like Also, the... <laughs> oh my god, the uh, main character gets her powers by body juggling the hardest ball. you've ever fucking she, seen someone yeah, fushigi. The hardest you've ever seen a motherfucker okay. fushigi. So, so let's, let's be clear here. She doesn't have to fushigi it. That's a character choice. Yeah. Because yeah. all she has to do is be touching a... a, a, a That's a, true. At one point, a, she touches... Like a strong, solid alert. source of quartz. She yeah. touches a quartz earring, but no, her character's like, oh, fuck, God, fushigi, baby. Fushigi time. It's so... Not, oh, my not God. Not like a quartz ring or a quartz and wristband. And she fully sells it. No point. Fushigi, baby. No point does someone contention like what the fuck are you doing oh, that was like, a, that was a little part too the woman who stopped me as i was passing zombie orpheus was the star of incognita yeah which was just wild like did she fushigi on stage she did not have a fushigi with her sad oh, no hold on wait she did have a fushigi i don't i don't think she actually fushigi it i just remember they took a cast photo with some fans and she had the ball i don't remember that god damn she part didn't. of me if i didn't know because we asked later if she was doing contact juggling beforehand but if i hadn't have known that when you answered that she learned it for that i would have assumed partially that this was a nerdy person who bought a fushigi ball fucked around with it for a while i was like set it down and then eventually stumbled back across and was like what the fuck do i do with this thing i can throw it away or do something with it was just like superhero you who uses a fushigi ball let's go no no, no. my my my, uh, fuck you josh eat shit my my assumption my assumption was that she was just like a nerdy chick that already was super into fushigi so like as they're workshopping what their character should do like what her should do like to her powers and she was just like "Mm, i really think she should fushigi and like her friends are like god fucking damn it not this like that's what i always on you bought the fucking fushigi for two payments of 1999 (laughs) at 2 a.m June the 2nd, 2007, oh and my. you have not shut up about it since. Okay, so what year did it come out? I'm going to guess 2010. 2021 or two. It's But it was 2022. Se- but it was 7 years in development. Yeah, it's been Okay, so we actually got the full like backstory during the Q&A session. The main actress is also a music writer and yeah. producer. She does a whole bunch of music for like actual talented artists. And by talented, he I means mean, like famous. Like famous pop charting because a lot of the songs in the musical Roughly three chords in them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I don't mean to imply that they're not talented. They're all incredible musicians. Yeah, they're yes. fucking, especially um, um, it's hard carried by vocals. Like their yeah. like their vocal skills mm-hmm. are quite impressive. Also, like, I would argue it's hard to make a good song with less resources. However, if you're a fan of that YouTube video that trended in the early 2010s, being like how every pop song is just three chords and it's the same three chords, it is that. It's yeah, that. you could plug those songs into that YouTube video. And then when Josh was like, "She wrote pop music," I was like, "Yeah, it checks out." Yeah. <laughs> but 
uh, and so she was writing a song, and it didn't have like any hit to it. It didn't have mm-hmm. any more than three chords. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had and, to. And so from a kid, she was like, "Well, what if it was? What if this character in the song, this woman, was a superhero?" And like that's how we got the song at the very end of the series, okay, the yeah. title song, "Girl in Tights." Like yeah, that's yeah. where that song came from. And like eventually, it just like grew over time. Like, it's like apparently that song was something she was writing in like 2011, 2012. There like, we go. The show, I was like, the, the show itself didn't enter production till seven years ago. The show has the DNA of the early 2010s. If yeah. you were on Tumblr in the year of our Lord 2009, you will resonate with this show. And like I said, I feel like there's a lot of Doctor Horrible bits. Like yeah, it, there's DNA in there. Agreed. Yes. Um, it's got a little bit of that like villain romance mm-hmm. arc, except it's from the hero's point of view, and yeah. it's. Also, the person that plays the villain, they end up getting, like, the person that plays the villain and the person that plays the main character end up getting married in real life. And yes. I, I, yeah. At the q and I was going to at the Q&A, did they say if they were dating during that filming? Not when it's, well, when it was filming, maybe. Because they're there for 80 minutes. And at one point, a character makes a joke about it. But for, like, a weird indie film, those two had legitimate chemistry. Yeah. I am not surprised they are married now because as a viewer and why it feels so very, like, early 2000 Tumblr, I'm like... Oh, those two fucking. Oh, those two fucking. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> guarantee there is all kinds of fanfic because those two fucking. Well, they are fucking. They had a kid left. They had a kid this year. Ah, so cute. <laughs> they had, no, excellent chemistry. Excellent chemistry. Oh, uh, yeah. I just like the fact that the guy who freezes time at a point and can teleport, but is, he appears to be more time-based powers than they actually let on. His, his t- last name is Dio. His powers are teleportation. It's just Which, a gun that lets him yeah. freeze time. But if I remember correctly, Dio stands as Zawardo and can just pause time. The world. Yeah. And uh, also, the effect they use for Every, him to teleport. Everybody is a, a, a uh, JoJo fan, apparently. Um, uh, yeah. Except, Except me. me. <laughs> 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 uh, we're the three non-JoJo fans. Cultural baby. But the... I've watched the first season now. It wasn't it was fine. I promised a bunch of people I would. But when he teleported, he kind of had like his own version version of Nightcrawler's Banff. It's yeah. Like, it's a particle boof, effect. Boof. It was like a particle it, effect with a boof. It was a particle effect that started with line scans, went particle effect, and then went with a boof. I, I was like, because the entire cast, the entire main cast was there and their primary editor was there as well. She was she yeah. was running the like computer part of the show. I was talking to her about it. And I was like, look, I'm not going to lie to you and say like all the superhero effects were great, but that teleport effect is one of the best teleport effects I've seen in like any live action media. Holy yeah. shit. It's so good. Like every teleporter needs to have a thing like in superhero media, I'm mm-hmm. to make it like, okay, like unique what, makes you, what makes you look cool what, what makes better yeah. and like his like it was neat the little was scan ne- lines and gold du- gold particle yep. effect and like and sometimes when a sh- when anything uses the same sound effect for shit over and over it's like tacky but like nah it was a good effect good sound yeah oh, it's just good sound design and good general visual effects for him yeah mm-hmm. it was a good time really enjoyed it i think that's all of gen con though we gen yeah. it we did excited to do it again next year august 1st through 4th was the announced days for next year Ooh. the first full weekend of august, august. every year forever forever except for those years where there was a pandemic and, and like post pandemic no and... they still did it it was gen con online and everyone loved it yeah i'm wearing the t-shirt that's, for right now it's that's on why you can still do gen con online that's why that's still the thing they have it's fantastic is it successful at all I don't know. I just know it kept trying to push me to that tab when I would open Gen Con. Same here. What I will say is, before we get into this Gen Con, I learned a lot about the attendance numbers, yeah. historically. And I also learned that Gen Con has not always been an American thing. Yes. There's been foreign Gen Cons, but like none of them had more than 5,000 attendees, ever. Even in Europe, when the people in Europe, because board gaming is huge in Europe, yeah. would still just fly to the one in Indiana because it was the big one that the board gaming companies actually went to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Crazy. insane. But I think that's it. I think that's the cast. Chris, do you have anything to plug? I don't think I do. I uh, I streamed a couple years ago. I was streaming last time I was on appearance, but I don't really fucking do that anymore. So uh, go follow my Twitch channel. I don't, don't, I don't fucking, I'm not going to say anything. You can find it. Final episode, bitch. Yeah, just keep listening to co-pilots. Get that lump checked out. Talk to your doctor. Okay. I guess that brings us to our pluggy things. Yep. So we are, as always, at Copilots Review on X, at Copilots Review on Instagram. I'm going to beat you with a fucking rock. What? That's what it's called. I'm not the one that gets to name it. I'm... We are at Copilots Review on... The app formerly known as Twitter. Threads, Instagram... TikTok. X. We're not on TikTok yet. That's LinkedIn. coming. We don't have a LinkedIn. We're not Tumblr. doing. We're not doing this bit, Chris. We already beat you to it. <laughs> Blog spot. We, we literally did this bit in the last episode. <laughs> the one you haven't finished yet. <laughs> you know the one you haven't finished yet. That yeah, one. that's why. <laughs> Hey, great minds think alike. Fun little chaos magic did for those who partake. Before Josh went and stepped in human shit, I jokingly searched our friend Corinna's Google Maps. Smelliest bench near me. And the human <laughs> shit was and the human shit was right underneath the bench of a picnic table. Yep. You know what I didn't realize until we'd gotten to the other park? That brick I stumbled on that I joked about being a glitch to, you know, yeah. speedrunning? No, but it is apparently how you get shitless percent. <laughs> <laughs> it, popped me, it popped me right over the shit. Oh, we didn't talk about the lady almost getting hit and shitting her pants. So much shit on that night happened. We're walking to this Japanese restaurant and there's like a four lane of traffic one way, like, like traffic, and cars are humming. I was very nervous. I'm from a very small town. I was in a big old city. And there are two people waiting at a bus stop. And I guess they decided it was time to go, and they just walk into traffic. They just said they're crossing the street right the fuck now. To the point where the person to not hit them uh, has to, like, screech and honk and put on their brakes, and it's super scary. And they dart across the other lanes, and they get to the side that we're on, and the poor woman is, like, shaking visibly. And had also very visibly and olfactory uh, shat herself because she was yeah. almost hit by a car. It was insane. Yeah. My favorite yeah. part was the cops sitting there watching it happen and doing nothing. Doing absolutely fucking nothing. Oh, God. Oh. Gotta love a good cop. Okay, um, so yeah. Good luck, listener. I love you. Okay, so again, you can follow us on a myriad of social websites, namely currently YouTube x what's the what's the what's the x replacement that we use actively right do, now do we linkedin no block spot i don't think we have one Tumblr. it was the one that was big at the same time as mastodon but like blue sky i wish we had a blue sky invite mastodon Bull? it was glimple dunkle nah man it was glimple kink rumpus the thump big widening it was splash book i don't remember and i have i don't have it installed on my phone anymore the so we're not using it okay let's actually the slap <laughs> the slap.com <laughs> Let's actually get this plug in and we, we can finish. You can also email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or just like writing emails. Or your own Gen Con stories. If you went to Gen Con, we want to hear about it for realsies. I'm not even like doing a bit. I would argue that's a comment. I want to hear about it. Yeah, Send yeah. us emails. Yeah, the, the, they will read your Gen Con emails on an episode in the cockpit called Gen Con 2. We read your emails. Unless you don't want us to, in which case I guess just put that I don't think we'll name the episode that strictly because... I don't imagine enough of you will send us emails about Gen Con to suffice an entire episode of In the Cockpit. On that note, though, in case you haven't gotten to Gen Con, you can email us about other cons you have attended or, or would like to attend. Or what we what we think you should do if, if you're prepping to go to your first Gen Con. Or first con, though that 
has an asterisk of no actual knowledge of that con. But anyways, you can do that by emailing us at copilotreview.simplecast.com. No. No? You can do that by emailing us at copilotreview at gmail.com. But you can find us on copilotreview.simplecast.com. Which has our Twitter. Thank you. There you go. Our, our YouTube. Our Instagram Maybe if we update it by then. I'll like keeping the sign out sloppy. Threads then as well if we update it by then. <laughs> Fair and enough. There's also Patreon. Which there's is our actually social on there. media links. Copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Our email is at copilotsreview. I'm a firm believer that if you as a podcast guest make the outro last anywhere under 20 minutes, you're a bad podcast guest. You can find all of that stuff at, sim- at copilotsreview.simplecast.com or email us like Justice said at copilotsreview at gmail.com. That's it. That's the sign out. We'll Hopefully see you on the next one. Uh, make sure you email co-pilots your favorite dinosaur that'll come up later we'll see you in the next flight when we review incognito's incredible adventures